Hey, it's David Weiner, writer and director of the In Search of Darkness documentaries. You are listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Squad podcast episode number 199. Tonight we're talking about two movies, Slumber Party Massacre Part One and the remake out in 2021, currently streaming on Amazon Prime. We do have a guest interview, Steve. Yes, we do. Uh, we interviewed the uh, writer and director of In Search of Darkness, which is the horror documentary series about the 1980s. Uh, there are two parts available on Shutter right now. And they are currently about to go into production with part three, and that's uh, David Weiner. So uh, just stay for the end of the episode and listen to that interview. It's a really cool guy to talk to. Um, if you've seen the In Search of Darkness documentaries, it's a really, really cool resource to uh, learn about 80s horror. And I even asked him what uh, films he thinks we should put on our top of the 80s ep- uh, list for next year's episode. So very interesting interview. So check it out. See, we got Sam and her dare to be great shirt, I think. Dare to be great? Dare? Is it a dare shirt? It's a dare shirt, yeah. Okay. Was that the saying for dare? I don't remember. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think it was. Steve is looking radiant as ever, and Joe is a cowboy tonight. Yeehaw. Howdy. (laughs) You should have to work. (laughs) That should be your new look. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Just one day, just show up and don't even say anything. Just act normal. All right, I'll do it tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, so, so Sam got a, a Forever Purge promo box and it came with a cowboy hat. So I decided to wear the cowboy hat tonight for the listeners who have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so how was everyone's Halloween? You guys do anything fun? Joe and Sam should go. Joe wanted to cancel tonight because he was so hungover, I, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I was more tired than hungover, honestly. Uh, I'm still pretty tired now. I, I took, I got a little nap in though. So get that energy back up. Uh, yeah, we had a, we had a great night. Um, you know, Salem downtown was crazy and packed. Um, like every Halloween it is, but you know, it was, uh, live music and bands and great people watching and yeah, stayed around. I, we saw like a little bit of the fireworks, right? Sam could, we saw it from that far, right? Do not remember seeing any fireworks last. Night. I thought we saw one. Uh, I thought we could see them. Only fireworks bit. in the bedroom afterwards. Hey. No. No. I trying to set Joe up, and never mind. Sadly, no. Awesome. What did you do, Todd? Uh, you know, first half was trick or treating. Second half was giving out candy. I pretended to be an animatronic, a scream one, oh, and I got fun. a couple kids successfully, and uh, made a new best friend little this little girl that I like I tried to scare and she gave me like the most like annoyed look ever mm-hmm. <laughs> and her mom was like no nah, she's a huge horror fan like you can't scare him oh, oh that's cool. awesome so that was pretty cool but uh overall it's a good night what about Steve? you Steve uh it was disappointing because it fucking poured rain no uh, so I couldn't do my display again like it's Shit. like it's, it's becoming a fucking tradition now of course it's beautiful today but yesterday it was an absolute dreary day so all I could do is put out inflatables on the yard and do stuff in my garage. Uh, I dressed as Twisty the Clown, and uh, it's a trick-or-treat mask that I was wearing, and it's a really, really good mask if you've ever seen it. So much so that at one point, I just stood there, and I just wanted to see what people's reactions were, and people thought I was the animatronic. 
and they were coming up to me and like taking selfies and like saying stuff and then I would scare them and then I re when I really like clued into that I really use it to my advantage like I do different things uh, you know I'd stand at the side of the driveway they'd kind of look at me walk by me get their candy and then I like move to another spot you know and not still not move and it would confuse them and I just did a ton of stuff and had a lot of fun kind of scaring the older kids you know I I stay still for the younger little ones but uh if you look you know if you're over four feet tall you're free, fair game as far as I'm concerned <laughs> Steve you looked so amazing Joe had showed me a picture and I was like what the heck you do look like an animatronic like you looked so good yeah it's that mask man like uh, they really it's did a cool. really good uh, job and what really sells it is the eyes uh it really looks like real eyes and yeah, mm -hmm. it's awesome it's an awesome mask if uh, you ever find it out there it's fun though, you know. Despite the rain, I still got like a hundred and so kids come over and wow, check out my stuff. I feel like that's a lot, right? Uh, it's less than what I used to get in my old neighborhood. It's the first yeah. time I did it in my new neighborhood, but I'm not surprised because I was the only house on my street that uh, had any decorations. A few of them shame. answered the door, but um, as far as decorations went, but someone you know up there up there game big time uh, a little bit further down my street. Not only were they giving full ch chocolate bars, but they were giving these uh, wrapped shot like shot glasses with actual alcohol in them to the parents. And I'm like, fuck, that's that's a competition right there. So wow, you better watch out. Yeah, gotta, Me and my wife actually yeah. got beers from somebody. They had a awesome. side table for adults. Yeah, they had a the little individual shot bottle things and then some beers. So that was cool. I, I would love to do that one year awesome. once the kids are done trick or treating. I'll do like a hot dog. Girl has some hot dogs. You pass it out mm -hmm. hot dogs again. It's like <laughs> I love hot dogs, dude. It's like you're calling just to I pass hot out dogs. hot dogs to people. <laughs> hot dogs are great. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I feel that's a new trend that's starting. I only saw that for the last like two, three years where people are starting to give out booze to the adults or water bottles or whatever the case may be. And so mm -hmm. uh, I like it. You know, that that's the unsung heroes of Halloween are the parents who have to like you know, stand there at the end of the street, you know, mm -hmm. do whatever their children probably hold the heavy bag, you know, it's huh, good, good on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my coworker actually does that. He makes sangria and like hands out cups. And it's like, I feel like that's oh. like what you're taught not to do taking like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you're not supposed to take like weird candy from strangers, but you know, as an adult, someone hands you a, a cup of alcohol you're probably taking it you're gonna drink it yeah. so we're also getting in cars too that we order on an app so yeah very true. oh different times yeah that's great it, no it was, a, it was a lot of fun a lot of compliments a lot of people uh enjoyed it so it was a good time despite the uh the rain all right uh you guys ready to get in some questions let's do it all right you can ask us those questions on social media at the horror squad podcast or on our discord a lot of great costumes a lot of festive stuff happened in uh, the discord but that doesn't end because we are halloween uh, 365 uh, so we're, it's still going on so join us just send us a message if you'd like to uh, be a part of that and we'll send you the link first series of questions from chuck captain amazing 85 he says what did you want to be when you grew up like wow. how what a serious adult question general <laughs> general i think oh we know Sam wanted to be a tornado chaser. Oh my gosh. I wanted to be so many things, you guys. I wanted to be a dancer for the um, Lakers dance team. I wanted to be by, a by the Lakers evolved teams. Um, Just because I feel like, well, back then, I don't know about now, but they were like held at such a standard, kind of like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, but for basketball. Um, 
I've wanted to be so many things. I used to want to write music and be like a producer of music. I wanted to direct music videos, like all sorts of stuff. More like entertainment. Well, now you're on the Drew Barrymore show. So. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we talk about that just really briefly? Yeah, that, that was awesome. Like, yeah. Watch the segment. Uh, How did you feel? How was the feedback on that? And how did, how did that all come together? Like, did you choose the three four places are you allowed to talk about it so I mean I think I am so I gave them a list of like my favorite places that I like to support and I just was like this these places are good for shopping these places are good for something to go look at and these are places to do something at so they picked the three which I had worked with them in the past anyway so like I kind of already knew them um so that part was easy but it was really stressful. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, it took me like all weekend, even weekend to like a week and a half to try to submit all of my footage clips because it was just so hard. And I just, I learned a lot, honestly. And then Joe thankfully helped me filming all of that stuff. And then I was like, I don't know if I want him to use my nice camera because like I, it's hard to see if it's in focus. And I was like, I know it'll be safe with my phone. So let me just do that. And so we used my phone instead. Um, but when I kept, when I started Joe, it was like hard to direct him. Cause he's just not used to like seeing with the eye and stuff like that. Not that I am, but I knew what I wanted. Um, So I was like, I should have gotten someone else to help me. And he's like, yeah, you should have. Like, it was a disaster at first, but then we both were like, it's fine. Like we're wanting the same thing. So we tried not to argue about it and it was fine, but it was so exhausting because I had to like round everyone up. I had to like have them sign all of the contracts. I had to figure out what angles I needed to get, what I was going to say. Like, it was just crazy. It was like being all parts of it, you know? Um, But yeah, it was cool. And then there was like uh, another shop. We were by one of the places and she was like wanting to get her child on the show. And she was like, oh, are you with the Drew Barrymore show? And I was like trying to introduce myself, just telling her we're locals and she didn't give a shit. And so she was like, here's my daughter. She's great on camera. I don't know if I've told you this before. She was just like, but here's my daughter. Like, she'll say whatever you want her to say on camera. She's ready. Like, honey, say something. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, But it was really cool. How old was the kid? She was young, like. Like five. Yeah, like seven. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Sam. I bet that's a huge weight off your shoulders once it was all done, submitted, and yeah I felt so good once it was done but like during it like I just kept kind of breaking down and crying because I was like this is so much to go through like stressful it is very stressful yeah but then after Joe yelling at you (laughs) I said action well I was just like this is the opposite I was like no because I was like tell me when you're recording he's like okay go and I'm like just communicate with me because I don't know what you can see and so he'd be like let me move closer I'm like no Joe you tell me like I want the (laughs) angle you tell me to move closer or further back like it just our communication was not on the same page when we first started but it looked really good and I'm really thankful that Joe helped me on that so but yeah, it was cool. Um, Thanks for asking about it. No problem. Uh, what about you guys? What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm, I wanted to be a detective. Oh. That was like always my dream. Um, but I didn't want to be a cop. Like I didn't you want. Like you know, I didn't start want, with a cop. Buddy. Yeah, I exactly. Like I didn't want to do. Knew like that. I didn't yeah, want to do that. Yeah, I didn't want to do the stepping stone. So I did go to 
that's what I went to college for. Like I went to college for criminal justice. And then like, I just like hit, yeah, I had that epiphany. I was like, I don't want to do the bullshit before you become a detective. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do the street patrols and all that shit. So, yeah. I yelled up. at by random people. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I was like, I just want to solve murders and cases yeah. and stuff. But, yeah. You watch the so first that. 48 and you're like, I want to do that. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's me. I mean, Seven was definitely, like, one of the reasons. Like, watching that <laughs> at a young age, I was like, this that is awesome. Like, like you're in your guidance counselor in high school. Like, I want to be Brad Pitt in Seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can we do that? You want to be an actor? No, I want to go after serial killers oh Mm -hmm. yeah i do wish i got into like filmmaking though that is one thing like i you know like i look back on i was like i i should have got into that but you know yeah i want to same almost same thing as joe there i wanted to be a cop but i wanted to be actual patrol and stuff like that and then eventually be detective um i actually got pretty far in the process a couple times and just never worked out and then i decided to join the military and then after that, it was like priorities were a little different, you know, like having to make money for your family and stuff and not wanting to risk being hurt and things like that. So also why I didn't pursue filmmaking is because like, it's really hard to get in. Steve can attest to that. It's like you'd make no money and it's like a struggle and shit like that. So now I'm where I am. So cop and filmmaker were my two. Yeah. And I, not cop, that's for sure. Um, one of our good listeners is a cop though. So shout out to him. Um, no, I mean, it was film. I, it was definitely a filmmaker. I also like on the more surreal side, I wanted to be a paranormal investigator because I was so fascinated with ghosts and stuff. And it's around the time X-Files was around and like just that kind of stuff. It just fascinated me. You know, X-Files, Unsolved Mysteries, Sightings, all that shit was all, you know, in the nineties. But yeah, same thing as Todd, you know, it just it's contract to contract. You never know if you're going to get work and what happened to me. And I think it happens to a lot of people. Uh, just in between trying to do stuff, I got a real job and that job was paying so well that I couldn't like leave that job, you know, to go on a shitty contract to film some obscure TV show, you know, to kind of get experience. So you really have to want to go for it if you want to be a filmmaker. Um, all right. Next question from Chuck. Which squad member's house would be the best for a slumber party? I think Steve's. Either Steve or I think Todd. Todd's. And yeah, I was going to say Todd's. I'll, I'll say what gives you the edge, Todd, is uh, the arcade machines for me. Oh, okay. That, that's the one thing I don't have. I, I have a, an arcade basketball game, but other than that, mm-hmm. I don't have the cabinets. I thought you were going to say my hot dog maker. <laughs> I have one too, so. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I was like going to say your backyard. Maker. My backyard? Yeah, because I feel like you have a lot of trees where someone... Not anymore. That was my last one with the head that I moved out of because it was it's like a bare at all. It's bare now. Uh, not bare, but it's not the force that I used to have. Well, um, I was just say Steve though, because he has the coffin and like mm-hmm. random themed corners, like his Beetlejuice that he showed off this weekend at a uh, Discord. Mm-hmm. So I live Sam in my would, house, so I'll, I'll say Steve. Sam would be the best summer party host, I would say. But Thanks. yeah, I'm, I'd go Steve or Todd's house for <laughs> best slumber party area I feel like steve would get um not steve i feel like sam would be stressed out of us about us having a good time <laughs> exactly guys you got to stop the pillow fight there's just pillars <laughs> everywhere <laughs> it's getting really awkward i'm just trying me. to rip, rip apart a pillow <laughs> <laughs> good scene good scene mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so that's for sure all right uh, next one uh the original was directed by a female director what are other movies directed by females that you would recommend I believe the remake was directed by females. Uh, well. all, all the uh, Slumber all Party massacres were okay. written and directed awesome. by females. Very cool. I say uh, Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. 
which is uh god i forget her name is that diablo is it is that what her name was diablo cody yeah um we actually did a episode about this where we i think we each give our top five female directors or top three or something like that um on our i think it was a women in horror episode yeah american psycho was at the top of a lot of people's lists so was uh, pet cemetery if i remember Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep so yeah i mean i'd go american psycho um for sure yeah the 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 invitation is a good one yes um yeah all those uh fear streets are the same female too yeah yeah and that was that was cool tigers are not afraid joe i know you watched that one too yeah that's a good one so there's definitely some good ones yeah mine mine would always be near dark uh catherine Mm -hmm. bigelow bigelow something like that um which is my favorite vampire movie so near dark Mm -hmm. yeah oscar winner was it for what she she won she won uh, the director Uh, uh, her locker her locker locker, yeah Mm -hmm. garbage ass movie <laughs> I never saw it. I, I was I, I like her movies, but that one didn't super do it for me. Like yeah. I preferred Jarhead as far as <laughs> for that same kind of subject matter where yeah, you know, know about snipers and shit. I saw um, some really good Jennifer's body um costumes, costumes online, yeah. Halloween costumes, nice. Yeah, yeah. I actually speaking There's of costumes, some... what costumes, like cool costumes did you guys see this year during Halloween? That's a great question. What did we see last night? That is a good um, question. I mean, there was some great, like, honestly, like, just, like, regular slasher costumes. We saw a lot of Michaels, a lot of Jasons, a lot of Freddies. Sam got a picture with a, a really good Jason mm-hmm. and Michael cosplay that was going on. Um, oh, man, there was one guy who was sideshow Bob, but, like, in a prison outfit, and he looked nice. fucking awesome. <laughs> he looked Scary. Great. Yeah. I got a picture with him. I'll have to have Sam send, send it to you guys. I don't know about um, Seymour guys terrifying. Seymour Salem. Yes, yeah, that's my new character. I'm thinking about busking next year, like as him downtown. Um, which I didn't know busking. <laughs> I never I didn't know what busking meant until like I moved to Salem. That's just basically oh, what being, is like, it a, then? I thought you said busing incorrectly. No, it's bu- it's uh-huh. called busking. Sam knows it better than I do. Like yeah, it's exactly. like street performing, like called yeah. buskers. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is that like the the witch and Jason Voorhees in Salem? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Bora. Yeah, Bora yeah. is like right. probably the most famous one downtown in Salem. And who else is famous down there? Oh, this is, there's this kid Brandon who does like amazing cosplays down there. He does Penny. He's known probably most famously for his Pennywise, but he did. He had an awesome one last night. I think it was an original idea, but it was what was it, Sam? He was kind of like a spacey type thing. I don't know. It was cool though. But yeah, there was there was a lot of really cool stuff out there this year. I'm, nothing that like overly like sticks out in my mind, but yeah, just a lot of cool stuff. You see anything out there, Todd? While you were trick or treating? Oh, it's mostly little kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, a lot saw, of princesses and things. Right. I saw a lot of Spider Man. Um, nice. A couple Batman's. Yeah. Now, nothing out of the trick or treat. But I, to be fair, I couldn't see shit out of my mask. Uh, first, the eye hole was really small. Second, I didn't have my glasses on, so I really couldn't see anything. So even if they had awesome costumes, I probably would have missed them. Uh, but I saw some really great stuff online. I, I really love the super obscure ones. I think that's my favorite yeah. type of costume. Like I saw a girl go as the. Uh, if you guys ever watched *To Catch a Predator*, uh, she went <laughs> as the decoy. <laughs> like so, so she, she wore like the same oh clothes, gosh. hat, and like the the hamper. <laughs> it was just like so funny. Wow. Uh, I, I love obscure shit like that. It's just that's it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's awesome. like there's like ten cops around her, but in the show where she has to lure them into the house, like, oh, hey, yeah. come on in. I'm like, oh my god. 
just come on in. I gotta yeah. grab something real quick. Just go ahead and help yourself and in. They're like super yeah. eager. Like, yeah. And they're like, wait, wait are you oh, sure? Where'd you go? Fuck. Yeah, I'll be out there in a second. Yeah, yeah make yourself comfortable. Oh, you, you got pizzas? Wait. There's cookies on the counter. Help yourself. Yeah, My mom yeah. made those earlier. Dude, you should be a bait girl, Sam. <laughs> I used to try, like I would try to bait online. people online oh, when I was a kid, and I'd be like, "I'm a kid, and my dad's a cop." <laughs> That's fucked up. I think Sam and I did that my one dad's night. Dad's the president. We're... I'm gonna get you. <laughs> Sam and I did that one night when we were drunk. Actually, like we went into like old chat rooms oh, and we what? tried to catch creeps. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Nowadays, I was like, Joe. I was like, can we please try to catch a predator? And yeah. he's like, What do you mean? I'm we like, We totally did too. I'm like we go in a chat <laughs> i forgot all about that yeah watch out uh, i like how they, i like how they actually had cookies too like i remember like one guy like actually was eating the cookies like while he was like talking to chris hansen and shit yeah thank uh, you offered chris hansen a slice of pizza too one time yeah, yeah, got, yeah with the guy with the pizza i was hilarious. <laughs> like you want pizza he's like i'm i'm good thanks oh, that show is and, and he makes it take it like with him to the, the, the yeah. car I <laughs> like don't forget your pizza now yeah. <laughs> Did you bring condoms with you, sir? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. It would always, always be do. so terrifying when they real they figure out what's in their car. Like there would be more booze, yeah. condoms. Sometimes there would be rope. Like just yeah. so kits. Scary. Yeah. Mm, that's fucked up. Yeah. My my wife's been watching him lately because we talked about it a few episodes ago. Uh, that one where they caught the same guy the next day. Like oh, the, the, oh yeah. Like, yeah, oh yeah. my god. Because uh, that, that, that's but in the early episodes. Uh, they used to let him go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I they, they didn't have cops there. Oh, what yeah. would they say? Just say like, "Don't do this again." Essentially, they're, they, they, they're yeah, just exposing you're free them. Free to go. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So that's how they caught the guy the second time because they let him go and then lured the same guy again. This experts yeah. and but this time it was like at a McDonald's or something. McDonald's. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And well, the guy's scary, like, "I wasn't doing anything." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like. Sorry, I know we're on the subject, but I love it. Well, not love it, but when he would read the instant messages, like, did you say oh, yeah. you wanted to bleep and bleep and bleep her? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. But I thought she was forty-five, man. Come on, like what? Gosh, man. Yeah, that that show did so much good for the world, though. I'm like convinced mm. that their mm-hmm. child predators are like less active because they're afraid to get caught and oh yeah, hopefully. be interviewed. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, yeah it's. He, it um, came back. To, it came back too, like briefly as like an online. Yeah, but uh, Chris Hansen is in so much like that. He, like he's going to jail and shit. So. Oh really? What did he do? Oh, uh, it's like fraud or something. Not. Oh, is he like good. tax evasion or something? Yeah, some kind of tax evasion lines. or fraud, and then he didn't show up to court for his appearance of like a whole. But nothing, you know, too bad, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he but has thank, a YouTube God. channel. Does he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I he one was. Of these actors, I was good um in trouble for tax evasion like you make so much money pay your taxes man i think most of them don't even like pay attention like or whatever and they just think like their accountants are doing it or something and then they're just like oops like but who knows i don't know when i when you're when you're that rich who knows like how you handle finances like it's so obvious for us but when you fucking got like millions and millions of dollars in the bank i feel like it it potentially could get missed but i mean the fact that you're not like making up for it after and yeah i mean you're going to jail <laughs> so tom cruise doesn't use TurboTax then right no i wouldn't i mean who knows that'd, that'd be great imagine <laughs> like you're the TurboTax preparer and he like does the customer service thing it's fucking tom cruise like uh... right 
Uh, you know, we saw a lot of Dante going back to costumes. That that was the original uh, point it? of this, I think. <laughs> um, we saw there was a lot of Squid Games costumes. Um, we saw too, even though we didn't watch the show yet, but I knew like what what it was from. It was also oh. a great. Um, it was also a great. I, I failed to mention this at the when we were at the Halloween party, I think. But there was a great Ichabod Crane, um, which you don't see a lot of. You don't see like headless horseman Ichabod Crane, and there was one guy who went all out for it and he looked awesome uh sweet all right uh chuck's last question sam thulu are we eating pizza that's been under a dead guy tonight or what oh my god that's gonna be my new instagram handle there you go I love it. or twitter right is that what you want yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yes definitely dead pizza or dead pizza <laughs> Pizza from underneath a dead guy, for sure. Minus the black olives. I'm pretty sure there were black olives on that pizza. Do you guys like black olives? No, gross. Very gross. Like ruins then, the whole dish. I like how she was like, oh yeah, no anchovies on the pizza. Who the fuck gets anchovies on a pizza? You're sick Th- if that, you That do. was like an 80s thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was I, an 80s thing. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they were on. Like, <laughs> I, I guess it's the fumes from the 70s or something, but mm-hmm. goddamn the anchovies. I've never, I've never seen it offered here. I don't know if that's maybe because it's not, it's an American thing, but I've never ever seen anchovies even offered on pizza. I think I've seen it offered either. Me yeah. either. Maybe, maybe it was like all, all the cocaine in the 80s or something that gave me them anchovy munchies yeah i've never even eaten an anchovy or even seen one i don't think so i have a little fish yeah yeah I've it's seen like them. minnows right yeah yeah they're they're not bad actually if you get like ones in like tomato sauce like if you eat it like raw it's like tomato sauce is freaking good i'll stand by that <laughs> right so next series of questions are from our buddy mondo how hungover are all of you nothing zero um, I feel good now, like totally fine. This morning, like a mild one, honestly, surprisingly, I thought it'd be worse considering like we were switching back and forth between beer and liquor uh, quite a bit, but you know, we ended up being, we, yeah, we were both fine. No puke, no headaches, I don't think. So just a little dehydrated. My head was hurting a little bit, but I was mainly dehydrated. And not at all for me, not, not alcohol anyway. I'm, I'm so busy on Halloween uh, because I have I've serious trust issues with people. So I completely do my setup the day of and to completely undo my setup the day of. So uh, it's, it's like from the day, the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed, I'm doing my setup. So probably get more action though, if you did like a couple weeks out, uh, you know, I, I would probably, but it doesn't really matter. Might get you, though. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter to me. You know, like those hundred kids that did come. It, it, for me, what I learned from my old neighborhood, it's rep, it, like reputation. Uh, if people like remember, and then they come to your house the following year, and that brings more people and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so not hungover at all. Uh, next question: How were your respective Halloween nights? We already talked about that. And how much candy was commandeered from the kids, Todd? Oh, the, the, the dad tax is in uh, full effect here. Had to inspect all the bags, had to take uh, some questionable candies. A couple, couple legit questionables, mostly just me wanting to eat like them. Like what? Oh, okay. Just like a broken seal, stuff like that. Nothing malicious, just like, eh, don't want to risk it now. Um, uh, commandeered a couple hundred grand bars, which are awesome. Uh, some Reese's PCs, Reese's Cups, Twix, Snickers. I had to have it all, man. Gotta have it all. Dad tax. It's one of the perks. What was the candy like this year? Anything good? Anything that stood out? Any weird items or stuff like that? No, nothing weird. Um, 
like there wasn't even any cheap people that have like most dumb you know people get the dumb dumb pops that are like 10 bucks for like a thousand of them like very little of that quite a bit of king size bars um and then yeah we had that house that had a bunch of liquor and beer for the adults so yeah it was really good i think a lot of people are pent up from being inside all the time and halloween was allowed last year um one of the only things allowed so people are just happy to be out i think yeah that's awesome all right last series of questions here from horror fan ryan is slumber party massacre 2 the greatest sequel in movie history or just the greatest in horror history uh, did, he, did he back up his claim or is he just dropping <laughs> bombs and leaving dropping them and leaving i think Drop, dropping and leaving wow uh i actually haven't seen the sequels so you know, i'll have to uh, get on that i have not seen the sequels either um sequels crazy it's that's where the guitar guitar the remake yeah. is from um is it my favorite sequel no <laughs> but it's really enjoyable for being like completely ridiculous three's uh pretty much the same thing too but two's a little bit better yeah so i i saw the sequel but it's been a lot of years since i've seen it um so i don't remember it super well but what i do remember of it it was pretty much on par with the first one uh kind of just ridiculous kills and kind of a ridiculous plot but uh, a fun film uh, i don't consider it the greatest sequel in movie history or the greatest in horror history uh fortunately so yeah i'd love to know more uh, ryan i'd like to know what you liked so much about it that would give it that distinct honor mm-hmm. so. does the does the killer come back it's, it's a different killer. It's like a rock star. Different killer. Guy. Okay. Yeah, it's more like a supernatural kind of thing too, if I remember correctly. Oh. And I, I think it's been a minute, but I think this is the one where it's like a girl band, and in one scene, the girl's going to sleep listening to her own music, and it was really kind of strange, like a strange scene. If that's the same movie, they kind of run together sometimes. Yeah. But this is on Shutter for mm-hmm. the Americans out there. Yeah, uh, Canada too. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, his next question. Do you think these campy 80s movies like Slumber Party Massacre are harder to remake than other styles of horror? It's just hard to replicate the 80s campiest vibe, in my opinion. Hope you all had a killer Halloween. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we did. I don't think it is because like, you know, like something like Malignant comes to mind, which is to me was like an 80s campy movie. So I think it can still be done. Is he specifically asking remakes? Uh, he's asking, yeah, if it's hard to like, uh, yeah, remake the other styles of, compared to the other styles of horror. I'm trying to think. Has the uh, have they done anything? I'm trying to. Well, Toxic Avengers coming out soon, so I guess we'll see for sure with that. I'm trying to think of anything else like '80s camp has been remade though. I feel like it would be um, easier. I think just cause I, it's such a simple equation and you just add like three things to it and bam, but what do I know? I'm not a film director. Yeah, you you could be directed. Your... <laughs> yeah. You directed me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I said fucking action, Joe piece of shit. All the no. people walking by are like, Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm just um... slowly crying with tears rolling down my eyes. Hi, Drew. <laughs> I wanted to say that I liked it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm kind of getting over like everything having to be a joke. You know, like that was a big part of Halloween Kills I didn't like is like everything has to have a comedic break. And even the Marvel films now is like, let's be serious, but then let's throw a joke in there. Kind of, it's like, and we'll talk about this movie later, but like the whole thing is a parody essentially. So it's like, it is good, but then I don't know. I just prefer the 80s because you knew what you're going to get and they didn't really have to try, you know? 
Yeah, I kind of agree with Sam on this one. I think it would actually be easier because the expectation is lower. Um, you know, if as long as you just have fun with it, I think it could be a successful film. Whereas if you take a more serious horror and try to remake it, there's a higher expectation and it's just very difficult to do that. So I think uh, taking campy movies would be an easier an easier style to replicate and to remake than something more serious. Um, and that's all the questions we got. So thank you very much, everyone, for the questions. We really appreciate it. And now a word from Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. What watched? Who's got something? Oh, I got a lot. <laughs> Play it on me, Daddy. All right. <laughs> uh, I so my Sam still crying. <laughs> <Wearing> <laughs> mascara. <laughs> I really, well, I was the last of it. I was about to cry, and I was like, okay, I cannot like Sam, talk to I would have shot it for you, cry. Sam. What's wrong with you? Oh, am I gonna pay you to come out here? You can yes, fly, you fly, <laughs> fly. If I can get some All free right. burgers, heck yeah, we'll free give you burger free and a free museum. Next, Todd, the next project when I'm. I'm, I'm serious. I'll shoot it on a fun. different show. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. Joe can Let's, be my uh, we're sound putting guy. It, yeah, we're sure. putting it in the universe. Mm -hmm. The Samiverse. All right, go ahead, Steve. Awesome. Uh, so my first one, Eli Ross. Sorry, Eli Ross <laughs> History of Horror. That will be the next project for Sam. Yeah, right. Are you guys watching that show? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be on Shutter. Oh, okay. I, I wait for the podcast version of it. He does a podcast too. Yeah. Oh, really? And just plays, it's the same, but it's just the audio. Yeah, like he had the Quentin one from, I think, last season. And it was like fucking cool. It was oh. like over an hour and a half, I think. It's pretty good. Oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. So my first one this week is a 2021 film that you can find over on VOD. And that's Isolation. So Isolation is an anthology series that focuses on, I believe it's nine different stories from nine different writers and directors on their interpretation of a kind of 10 to 15 minute horror film based off the, uh, the pandemic. So it focuses on different cities, mostly in the US, a couple outside of it like London, uh, and it shows just different ideas of a horror film that can be made within the parameters of the pandemic and the rules to be uh, accepted to this um, anthology series you had to use things that were within your house already you couldn't go and buy out any props you had to do stuff that was uh, within uh, where you were and the places you had access to so it's a it's a really cool anthology it's a really cool idea uh, I will say though that I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, pandemic fatigue, but watching a movie a year and a half into the pandemic is like, uh, I don't know. You know, like it, I just don't want to hear about the pandemic anymore. You know, it's been so much in my mind for the last, oh, well, everyone's mind in the last year and a half that, you know, I, even if some of the uh, stories were really good, I was kind of just like, okay, I'm really over the pandemic. So I knock it points for that in a way, but it's unfair because 
you know, they made it a while ago and it just happened to release now. Uh, but there are some good stories uh, in there. Like one, for example, but there are a bunch of them. It's just about like a guy, he's in his house and he's doing like his daily routine. He's completely isolated. And all of a sudden he finds a dead body in his front yard. Uh, he tries to call 911, but 911 is unavailable. He tries to like do different things and uh, he's he doesn't know what to do about it. And it's like this tragic story about kind of finding himself and then dealing with the corpse and then he gets sick and it's just this whole thing uh yeah it's it's a really interesting do uh not documentary anthology and if you can find it on vod i would say it's a good one-time watch you know it's not it's not great the, there are some of the stories that really didn't do it for me but there are a few that i thought were pretty decent so that's isolation all right i'll go through my uh Halloween, lead up to Halloween, family watches, which were Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town. Um, Hocus Pocus is great. I mean, I know we've talked about it to death, so nothing much there. The bus driver is still my favorite character. Um, he's just so raunchy and it's like so far over the kids' kids' heads, but I'm like, this fucking guy is trying to lay pipe. I like it. And uh, so, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I wish uh, I would have known that because the bus driver was actually signing here at one of the markets in Salem. Dude, he, and he oh, had local? just like this little like low key sign. And he was like, I'm the bus driver from Hocus Pocus. And like, Dude. yeah. Dude, he's so cool. He's like, his delivery is awesome. And Sarah Jessica Parker is like so hot. One of like my early childhood crushes and she still looks great. Um, yeah, I just love him. And then Satan, he's a great character too in that. And it's just a fun movie. Um, I gotta say though, Max is a little bitch, man. Like he needs to step up. So Sam's argue with me, Sam. He got his shoes jacked. He didn't stick up for his sister. Yeah, he does need to step up. He is a little he's a little, little girly boy. Like, come yeah, on. But he's so adorable. <laughs> he's guess. so cute. And uh one question. Um oh, his girlfriend's I forget her name, but his girlfriend. Her family's Allison? like Allison, they're a bunch of swingers, right? In that house. We were just talking about this. Yeah. Cause that's a weird. Party. Why do you think that? Cause it's like a it's like a eyes wide shut, Stanley Kubrick movie kind of party. Like they go in there all wearing masks and like, what the fuck's going on here? So I think no. it's a swinger party for sure. No, you think I don't I'm think it is. I think they sure. just were doing like a Halloween masquerade and then that's a the swinger decade. Party. I be. like the swinger party idea. It could be, yeah. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. It's in the movie. Um, I think the swinger party was the party that the parents were at. Oh, definitely. <laughs> they're parting yeah um and then halloween town like it's i i have a lot of nostalgia glasses for it it's definitely like super flawed but it's like also extremely child friendly very fun and marnie man she needs to get bitch slapped by her mom mom needs to slap her upside the head because she's like super annoying super disrespectful me and my wife are like the fuck is this girl <laughs> talking to but um have the little girl sneak up on the bus no fucking way little 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 kid but other than that like it's it's great i haven't I don't remember two or three. Um, I don't know if they're worth it at all, but no. no. But one's got his charms, but Marnie, man, gosh, damn, she needs a, a beating. Mm. And uh, De yeah, Debbie Reynolds, she's great in it as the grandma. She's she's the highlight. Oh, and the and the cab driver. What's his name? He's awesome. Skeleton. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> Benny? Oh, Benny. Oh, that Benny, yep. yeah. He's great. Um, also hopping on to Todd's Hocus Pocus, Joe and I watched a Hocus Pocus panel reunion that was hosted by GalaxyCon and it had Max, Allison, 
Ice and what's his other name? What's his other name? I hate them two bullies. The other guy. Yeah, the two bullies. Jay, thank you. And then also Binks. Uh, Thora was supposed to be on it, but I guess she didn't show up. I don't know. But she had a she had a career, so (laughs) (laughs) yeah, pretty. They really took the B team on that one. (laughs) But let me tell you, Omri is so stinking adorable. He has like a marijuana business, so go check it out, Max. Max, yeah. Oh, he's a pothead. Yeah, and like he still has like his little Max California accent. It's so cute. (sighs) Sam, uh, Sam actually said that we look like max todd me and you like basically really? she's like we look like older versions of max like what he looks like now yeah I'm to no, I, that's not what i said what'd you say it was you and you cliff said. i was like oh, cliff. i feel okay. like i feel like you and cliff both look like jason i think i can't what's remember it, what's what the I actor's said. name omri cats the fuck do you spell omri o-m-r-i oh okay yeah Oh, his name is literally Omri Katz. Got it. Omri. Omri Katz. But anyways, it was fun. Who is this? This looks like Joe to you? No, I don't. He wasn't really listening. And so now he's confusing me because right. I don't know what the Never fuck mind. I we'll said. Move on. <laughs> All right, what are you Sam. talking about that you watched? Well, I was going to talk about the both movies we watched. Okay. Do you Let's wanna... talk about old first. Old. All right. Go for it. No, you go for it and I'll just pop in and out. All right. All right, so Sam and I uh, watched Old, which is the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, Basically, what this one is about is about a family who goes away on vacation to a resort. And the guy who kind of leads the resort uh, comes up to them and he's like, oh, you guys seem like a really nice family. I really like you guys. He's like, why don't um, I take you guys over or he's like i'll have my driver take you guys over to this private beach that like no one knows about so uh he takes this family over plus he gathers up uh like three or four other families and you you know you come to find out why these families in particular were all chosen i won't give that away um but these three or four families end up going to this private uh very secluded beach that no one else knows about and basically what the big twist here is is and it's no spoiler because if you've seen the trailer you'll know is that everyone that gets on this beach age at an extremely rapid rate on this island and yeah i mean i'll leave it at that because uh, i don't want to really spoil anything else um but yeah i mean overall like i heard a lot of the hate for this movie so my expectations were pretty low going in but i came out like very pleasantly surprised with this one um maybe because my expectations were so low going in but yeah i mean i think it was like a solid watch and it's one you know it won't make my top 10 i don't think this year or anything like that but i think you know it's i think i gave it three and a half over on Letterboxd, so a solid watch and I also enjoyed it. It might, I don't know if it's going to be in my top 10. I have to do like a recap of what I watched because I really don't remember, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I had heard all of the negativity because that's what Joe had told me that everyone was saying about it. And I don't understand what their complaints were about it either. Um, so I would say if you haven't checked it out and if you're on the fence, definitely watch it and it will make you embrace the day i heard the acting was a problem for a lot of people i mean i think it's just because there were different types of people on the island and usually when there there's some kind of movie like that when you bring in strangers it's always like um what's the word i'm trying to 
think of. Um, like you're this, you're going to be this type of character. Oh, you're, like there's the jock and the. Yeah, it's like obvious person. like that. Oh. So I feel like. It's, it's like a typecast kind of thing. Typecast, yeah. So I feel like that's easy to think of when you watch it. Um, yeah, I don't think the acting was awful. I mean, there's like one character that it was a little bit too much, but I feel like that's just because that's the type of character it was. Yeah, I had no problems with the acting. I, You know, it does get like a little silly here and there. Um, yeah, but, but not enough to like no. for it to be an awful movie and for no. it to just be like a throwaway movie, I don't think. No, yeah, I don't think so either. So I would say if you haven't seen it yet because you've heard all the negative things, I would go and give it a shot and form your own opinion on it. Uh, my second movie this week is also a 2021 film that I found over on Shutter, and that's The Medium. Uh, so this is a film from Thailand. It's a documentary style uh, film where a documentary crew follows a uh, shaman and kind of what shamanism is all about in Thailand, uh, what God she prays to, how that all works, how she was kind of chosen to be a shaman for this particular God. And also how to figure out because people in her family, uh, extended family especially, are starting to have bad things happen to them and dying off. So they're trying to kind of solve that mystery at the same time with her. And um, yeah, and then it starts going into her uh, niece gets seemingly possessed. So the documentary crew starts following her niece as well. And then it gets fucking crazy. It becomes kind of a possession slash not ghost, but almost ghost. It's weird. It's the way it's filmed. Uh, it's a lot of like, you know, kind of hidden cameras within the house that are capturing the scares. And it's a really interesting film. It's two hours and 10 minutes long. And it takes a, a while to kind of get going. Like I'd say the first hour kind of drag along as they're setting up kind of what this world is all about, what shamans are and all that stuff. But once the possessions start really taking taking like in and stuff, it becomes a really solid uh, horror flick. And I would argue that this is maybe the scariest film I've seen this year. Um, just there are a lot of really freaky moments. There's like a 15 minute period where they are going to perform the ceremony on uh, the possessed girl and it's a seven day countdown. So they lock her at her uncle's house and it shows what she's up to during the night. So on the hidden cameras in the house, like what she's, what's going on. And those 20 minutes are fucking like fantastic. Like I enjoyed all 20 of those minutes. So highly, highly recommend this one. I think Joe would particularly like this one out of the like the three of you but uh, I would say this should be on your 2021 list because it has a shot of making your top 10 so that's the medium over on shutter no relation to the game no 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 relation to the game <laughs> I'm at it right now all right my next one is a in my opinion, classic zombie movie called the dead next door from 1989 and it's classic to me because um, when I like discovered I was a horror fan, like you go out, like that's when you go fucking crazy, right? Looking for everything. So naturally, like, you know, my first love was Don the Dead. So I had to get all zombie movies. So Dead Next Door was shot on like 16 millimeter by 20 year olds for free. Um, Sam Raimi secretly directed it under, I think his, his secret name was Master Cylinder or something stupid like that. Um, sorry, secretly produced it. So he's funneling money to this kid essentially. And it took like four years to get off the ground. So him and his buddies, um, and it was just like, it's 
got a lot of problems for low budget, like the sound is all messed up, which is sound is super hard to do. Um, lighting is jacked up a lot. Uh, the acting is abysmal at times, but like there's a lot of heart in it and the effects are awesome. The zombies are great. And you can just tell they're having fun doing it. Um, so if you can look past like the low budget shortfalls, this one's on Tubi, I believe. Um, let me double check. Yep, it's over on Tubi. And it's directed by J.R. Bookwalter, Dead Next Door, 1989. I think you like it if you're a zombie hound. Nice. Uh, all right, our last one uh, Sam and I watched was called The Night House, which is a 2021 release. Um, this one did not receive much... Uh, attention basically it kind of just came and went uh but i had heard a lot of like rumblings from people like in on like online groups and stuff like that that it was like a really really good horror movie so i was pretty excited to check this one out uh so this one is about a woman who uh whose husband uh committed suicide and basically she um believes that his ghost or some sort of ghost is haunting um the house and she starts, you know, searching into it a little more. Um, and she kind of discovers that her husband had a deep, dark secret. And I will leave it at that. Um, I loved this movie. Um, I really hope this finds like an audience. I mean, it bombed in, in theaters. Like it only made like 15 million. And I'm sure the budget was more than that. Um, so I, I, I highly recommend people go and search this one out. It is quite possible. I mean, it's definitely my top five and honestly, it might be my number one. Um, the more I thought about it, the more, um, I, I love it. Um, and it, it's a movie that's definitely, um, would make for a great discussion, honestly, because there's a lot of stuff going on in here and it can be interpreted in a few different ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this was a great one and I, I highly, highly recommend this one. I also highly, highly recommend this one. Um, I was going in without any expectations or anything like that. And it kind of reminds me cause it has a lot to talk about. It kind of reminds me of, um, Gothica with Halle Berry, like just the way that it was filmed. Joe, do you kind of get that too? Um, like, I've actually never seen Gothica. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Like, just because you're not sure what's real and you think you know, but you don't know. And just finding out stuff about someone that you think you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, did I mention that it will also be in my top 10? I can't remember if I said that. Oh, so I think that this for sure will be in my top 10, possibly top five. I wouldn't be surprised. Um but it was really good. Like there were moments when I was jumping and I was getting scared. I definitely recommend it. Nice. That's the night house. Definitely. Yeah, Correct. My list. It's on VOD. Yeah, right? I, I think you'll both like it. I would be surprised if you don't, honestly. Um, What's the actress from Joe? She's Re done. Rebecca Hall, I believe is her name. What was the other movie we had seen recently that she did? With her in it. That's right. The I'm... horror movie. Yes. The, like short hair. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm pulling her up right now. Uh, she was in most recently. Um, oh, actually... The Gift with uh, Jason Bateman. That's right. And she was also in, um, well, she was also in Godzilla vs. Kong. I don't know who she was in that. Oh, yeah. She's, she's the mom. She's the one that signs oh, okay. with um, Kong. 
Oh, she's Ben Affleck's love interest in the town. That's right. That too, uh, yes. And she's yeah. also in The Prestige, which is oh. a fantastic movie if you've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, that's a great one. I've never seen it. Oh, it's Ooh, so good. I like that one. Yeah, you would, Sam. Battling Magicians. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I really like that one. There was like another movie that came out that exact same year that also had Battling uh, Magicians. The Illusionist. Yeah. yeah. Illusionist. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't as good. <laughs> always doing like Armageddon and Deep Impacts, things like that. Right, right. Oh, yeah. There's... That was big in the 90s, especially. All right, cool. Trivia? Yes. All right. This is game number 42. Ooh, the answer to the life, universe, and everything for all the nerds out there. 42. Um, Steve knows. He, uh, Jackie Robinson. No, we're not talking baseball. <laughs> we're talking Hitchhiker's Guide <laughs> the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurt Stanes are myself, leading with 102. Steve right behind me, 101. Joe, 99. Right in there, Sam, 68. Who's it going to be tonight? We'll see. I got quite a bit from Kayla. Me too. So who would like to lead? You know, I'm going to lead off here. All right. I'm going to lead off. All right. From Miss Kayla. Closest wins. What is the body count in the movie Hunt? Or is it The Hunt? I forget if it's Hunt or The Hunt. What was the body count? The Hunt. The Hunt. Yeah. 14. Is it on screen or just in general? Uh, She doesn't say, so I'm going to guess that we have to know that they died. So 14's on the board. Wait, this is the one with Samara? No, no that's the one with the one that's uh, ready or not. G- 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 Glover or Crispin? Betty Betty Crispin or something? Like? Betty Crispin, yeah. yes, correct. It's the one where they all wake up in the forest and they have to like take right. a shot and stuff. Yeah, Emma Roberts is in it and she dies like right away. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of celebrity cameo. And well, then what's, yeah, who's the big Samara's actor not in that, that at the movie? end? No. no. Uh, Taylor Swank's at the end. As Taylor like Swank, that's oh, right. Taylor Swank's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For the record, I did not like it. I think we bash a shit out of it, but then we yeah, all we did it like fairly decent grades. <laughs> right. like, all right, 14 on the board. Get back on track. <laughs> 14. Sam, uh, throw, throw a number out there, girl. Um, I guess 12. Okay, 12. I'll go, uh, I won't be too much of a dick. I'll go 20. <laughs> Steve, you're almost right there, bud. It's 22 or all right. 23 if you include Orwell the pig. Oh, <laughs> uh, Steve right, is on the board. Strikes first. All right. Wait, Sam what was... movie is this? The Hunt. The Hunt. The hunt. Uh, was it last year or year before? Last year, I believe. Sure. Sam, speaking of animal deaths, Sam was very upset about the snail killings in uh, Slum Ooh, Party Massacre. That's one of my pet peeves in this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll talk my two about pet peeves. it. All right, I'll go next. Fucking psychopath with this cleaver. <laughs> uh, same type of question here. Ooh. So also all from Kayla this week. Ooh. Not including the 287 passengers on flight 180. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> not, not including. What is the body count in final destination? Eight. Uh, five. Sam? Seven. Todd, dead on the money. Nice. Take that. Take that. You could have did the full amount because they do say how many people died on that plane crash, I think, at two, one point. 287. Two, oh, is it two? Okay. Is that <laughs> yeah. in here? Sorry. Yeah. Those movies are terrifying, man. Yeah, they were on AMC like all month. So I, I watched they, them in parts like all They show all everything on AMC? No. That's that's a problem. It's it's cable. So they cut yeah. the swearing and the boobs and some, 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 some of the gore. All right. Who's next? I'll go. We'll say that they're not holding back on the Chucky show, by the way, for like, uh, oh, like uh, for it being on network <laughs> television. <laughs> I can't wait to start watching those. Yeah. So. 
All right. This <gasps> trivia me. question comes from Halloween Horror 1031 24 7. Like that name. Oh. Yeah, hopefully, Halloween Horror Night questions. <laughs> All righty. Illusion. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Beetlejuice filmed? Rhode Island. Maine. We got Rhode Island, Maine. I geography just, for us geography for I, every fucking week i swear to christ you guys with your geography i actually saw this i was looking at the trivia when we did oh, wait oh, i'm wrong i know the answer though uh maryland nope can we get us can we have a second guess <laughs> i'm fine no the right answer the correct answer is vermont is it yes yep oh nice well, since you messed up a couple of Sam's shots, she's not giving you the point, Joe. So next right. time. <laughs> no film from below. All, All right. right. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. First question tonight comes from Missy. Oh. And her trivia question is, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, what number is on the football jersey Glenn is wearing when he is killed by Freddy? Uh, 88? 12? 88 is on the board. 12 is on the board. 69. 69. Incorrect. You're all wrong. Damn. The correct One. answer is number 10. Mm. Do we know right. if that means anything? I don't believe it does. No. Oh, because you know all horror trivia? <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> no, correct. I don't. It could, there could be meaning to it. Nothing I know. All right. Tagline. Tagline from Kayla. The road to survival could be a dead end wrong turn wrong turns on the board it's a good guess i see that's a great guess the road to survival what christine christine's on the board the road to survival could be a dead end the road to survival um um (laughs) can i try one more after sure um no no (laughs) (laughs) sad It's probably um the road to survival is a dead end correct yes dead end dead end driving in a car good joyride that was my no i thought you were saying dead end that was my that was my next guess was joyride (laughs) joyride is incorrect dead end is incorrect it is a movie that doesn't make any sense the dead don't die really oh yeah. my god <laughs> these these ones like there gotta be someone other than the filmmaker that writes these it has to be oh probably yeah probably like a marketing it's person probably some dude that makes like 300k a year yeah <laughs> these fucking taglines man <laughs> tagline oh, from no. Kayla. Jesus. i also have a tagline oh boy <laughs> fear takes a road trip what i guess it's is like it a, fuck, a, is it a joyride ride? no Final Destination 2. No. Fear takes a road trip. It's not Final Destination at all. Oh, I want another guess. Sam? If it's possible. Joyride? <laughs> it's said already that. said. Joyride 2. No, it's not Joyride. Joyride or Final Destination at all. <laughs> Is it Jeepers Creepers? That's correct. Nice. Do I get the point? Because yep. I didn't give you up. Yep. Oh, Thank he's you. giving him the point. Oh, oh but I you, give, when Steve wanted to guess, you <laughs> said hell no. Well, yeah. I had to do it because you started the, the trend of not giving bonuses. Right. <laughs> Oh, blame it on me, Todd. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Damn, I gotta back Steve up now. <laughs> Shit. I really like the cowboy look, dude. Thank you. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Sam hates it. Yeah. Oh, with I the like black it. sweater, it really like leads the ensemble. <laughs> I was getting so used to the blonde wig. Mm, that's right. 
Can I take the wig off now, Sam? No. <laughs> is it my turn or is it no, Sam? It's Sam. I think okay. it's Sam's oh, it's my turn? Mm -hmm. Sam Thulu. <laughs> All right, this is a All right, this is a continuation because I'm scraping from the bottom of the barrel. Right. Okay. So what town does the movie Beetlejuice take place in? Shit. Oh, fuck's sake. Pretty sure I wrote this down last time for my Me notes. Me too. It's <laughs> a good question. Oh my god. They they name the town in that movie? They do, they yeah. Do. I deleted my notes. They, they say it a bunch of times because they moved did there. They? Yeah, during the real estate like talk. Huh. Um, I don't remember. Like It's like yeah. Hollow's Point or some stupid name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Um, it's Winter River, Connecticut. Oh, oh I waited. Yeah, right. I was way off that. Yeah, me too. I would have never guessed Winter, that. Winter River. <laughs> Winter River. Oh. Interesting. All righty. Let's see here. All right. Tagline. They got up on the wrong side of the grave. Um, Return of the Dead. Incorrect. Pet cemetery. Good, Good guess. guess, but incorrect. Fine. On the wrong side of the grave. Oh, I think I got a follow-up guess. I might work here. Um, I don't have. I don't even have a fucking idea. I'm just gonna throw one out for the hell of it. Uh, let's say Beetlejuice. Maybe some alternate on title title Beetlejuice is also incorrect. Is I will the, give you all another guess if you'd like, Todd. Is it the Frighteners? It is not the it's Frighteners. Good. That's a very good guess. Good movie, Can you read guys. it again, Joe? Yes. I'll, I'll try one more. They got up on the wrong side of the grave. Is it Corpse Bride? No, good guess, though. I wonder what the tagline for that movie is. Sam, last, last chance. Uh, is it The Crazies? It's not the crazies. I, I will say this it's tagline I've never even heard before from this movie, but apparently it, it's one if Kayla gave us the question. Um, one of Todd's all-time favorites, oh. The Evil Dead. Oh, for real? Really? I would never have guessed yeah. that. Wow. Huh. I mean, it's not even like, like zombies or like, yeah, exactly. like, like, like I mean, they're deadites, huh. but like there's no graves or anything. It's a weird look one. Look up yeah. Evil Dead posters right now. <laughs> <laughs> Must be be like an alternative tagline it's or something. Gotta be, yeah. <laughs> don't see it on any of these posters. Oh, strange. I don't doubt her though. She's got her sources. Yeah, she does, yeah. It could it could be like on a foreign poster. It could be, you know? yeah. Yeah. It's in Japanese. No. <laughs> yeah. Back to me. Yep. Yes. Last, okay. last round. Last round here from Kayla. Um, closest wins. An alien, nineteen seventy nine. How much screen time does the xenomorph have? Ooh. Uh, seven with, minutes. Seven minutes. Six minutes. minutes. Six, Eight minutes. Oh, Eight. oh with four what minutes. the fuck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joe. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I thought I'm not her, guessing first anymore. I'm closest, by the way. Her, her third question was a little too easy. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to have it? it was uh, what's the name of the um, other dimension in Insidious? We've had it before like a few times. Uh, and I, I always answer it usually. The further. So, yeah. The further. There you go. But it's not that. So it's a Steve original. Ooh, like these. All right. What Canadian province? No, I'm kidding. I know a Bay few back, of them. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Name me five Canadian provinces. There's five. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a. Uh, anyways, 
Uh, there's there's ten plus three territories. Uh, Alberta. It's one of them. Um, also one of them. Let's do this. <laughs> so my question: Who voices Vigo in Ghostbusters Two? Oh wow! Um, it's not the same person who played him. I wouldn't even couldn't even tell you the actor who played him either. No, it's it's a guy. It's one of the villains from Die Hard. Um, but uh, no, uh, not the voice. The voice is someone else. It's a blonde-haired guy, the long blonde-haired guy. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's that's who plays him. He doesn't. Oh. Voice. Someone famous Damn apparently it. voices him. Yeah, someone famous. Oh, it's not. He's not from Die Hard too. No, no, no. So oh, the, the, the the face is from Die Hard, but the voice isn't. Ho ho ho! Now I got a machine gun. <laughs> um, I, I love that movie. I barely remember his voice. Do you guys want a, a hint? Sure. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. He's a horror legend, I would say. Oh, Vincent Price? No, nope. no fucking way. He was in alive. No, he. I think he was. He, he, he was, was like was, right was, at the end of his life. Suzanne's his last movie, I know. Huh. I was just. What were we reading about Vincent Price? He was supposed to be in Nightmare Before Christmas. No, in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture. No, but he was also supposed to be in Nightmare Before Christmas. How oh, was he? As one of the characters, but they said his um he was like it's so frail scary. at that point yeah, right. that the voice voice they said the voice was, was like unusable because mm-hmm. he was like i can see him as like uh sally's creator right yeah it, might, it may have been I'll, hey. I'll look again i can't remember who it was yeah uh horror legend let's say the voice kane hotter no i didn't think so i don't think he was even <laughs> famous at that point probably really. not but what year did uh ghostbusters 89 I don't even know if he was the Jason yet. At the, uh, yeah, he probably was. He was, but I mean, Eight? no one. Tony yeah, really. Todd. Nope. Stephen King. Why do you hate me? No. Right, you guys give up? <laughs> yes. It's uh, yes. Max von Sydow. Oh, really? why don't uh, I know that name? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, Father, Ma- Father Marin from The Exorcist. Oh. Father Marin. Nice. Yep. Hmm, interesting. That's a good trivia question. Now I know. <laughs> but I won't forget. Right. So you can use it in a month. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I, I know a lot about Ghostbusters, so it's a, it's a tough one to get me on. I watched a whole fucking documentary, like we said. <laughs> uh, Sam, you're... All righty. What is the run time for Slumber Party Massacre? 76, 76 minutes. minutes. 82. Okay, well, now I got to do fucking math. <laughs> Give me the hour and minutes. Uh, one hour, 16 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, or one hour, Wait, 22 minutes. You... One, one hour, hour 16 22, minutes. One hour, 16. one hour and 15 minutes, even though I think it oh, is 76 Oh, shit, Todd. Minutes. It's an hour and 17. Yes. I didn't say we were doing closest. <laughs> oh, just shit. I'm oh. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. So I get All it. Right. <laughs> All right. Last one of the night. Friday the 13th. Ooh, let's do this, Daddy. Trivia. What was Mrs. Voorhees' job at the camp when her son Jason She's a cook. drowned? She was a cook. She was a cook. That is correct. Oh, in 1940, Sam, yes, he is 100 years old. <laughs> I still cannot. I can't even think about it because my mind can't grasp it. He's fucking old, dude. I mean, so is Mike. Not as old as Jason is, though. So. All right. Um, let's see. Three tonight for myself. Two for Steve. One for Joe. Zero for Sammy. Which uh, leaves me in the lead at 105, C 103, Joe 100, Sam 68 for week number 42. Thank you, everybody. Yes, only a few weeks left. Like it's coming five or six, maybe. It's getting oh, down to the wire. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
All right. So end of, end of the year will be here before we know it. End of the year episode. Yeah, it's going fast. It is. And only a couple oh. of heavy hitters left. Which are what? Ghostbusters? A- Antlers. Antlers. Last, Antlers night last Night in Soho. That's, I that's about three. it. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween Kills again. <laughs> All right. The Slumber Party Massacre 1982. A female high school student's slumber party turns into a bloodbath as a newly escaped psychotic serial killer wielding a power drill prowls her neighborhood directed by amy holden jones um yeah i mean this plot is pretty simple man like you got a a group of hot chicks they're gonna have a sleepover at one of the ladies houses um you got the guys that come over to crash the party you know some local dudes that are friends with the girls are spying them through the window watching the girls uh, change clothes and giggle and all that shit then you got the creepy neighbor who's like hey I'm going to watch over your daughter this weekend to the family. And the family's like not thinking that's a creepy fucking sexual predator in the making. Um, he's over there sneaking around. He's killing snails. And then the side plot is there's a psychotic killer escape from a mental institution. And he's going around. He's, you know, he's on the loose and he goes over to this house and he starts killing them. Um, one of the main characters is babysitting her, sitter, babysitting her sister next door. She's kind of the outcast. So she feels a little bit left out. Um, but she gets dragged into the mix as well when... Uh, the victims start trying to branch out to survive um this is probably like my third or fourth time watching this one it's um not like one of my favorite 80s slasher movies of all time but it's it's a pretty good one and i don't know i just have a lot of fun with it but there are some huge problems which i guess we can get to later is this the first time watch for anyone for me it is what do you think i really liked it i definitely would watch this watch it again sooner rather than later um i wasn't really sure what to expect i thought that there would be more um what am i trying to say i'm brain dead um i thought that there would be more i guess nudity like it sounded like from what i read it sounds like it literally like exploits women but i feel like it's no more than already... any others, right? Yeah, that's what I, yeah, no more than any other. Plus so it's directed I... by a female, which is interesting. And written by females. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I was just thinking like literally they would just be nude the whole time. Um, but it wasn't bad at all. But I did like it. The freaking, what's the guy's name? The killer. I hated him so much. Like just his beady fucking eyes, his fucking voice, like everything about him made me my it made my skin crawl like i fucking hate that guy he's awful he's creepy uh the neighbor guy he's also a creep <laughs> he's almost as bad as the fucking killer. what does he do that's creepy though okay does i he, mean at the beginning on the high school chicks dude <laughs> is he creeping was he, creepy? Yes. he was just being like a friendly neighbor he's i thought creeping like, on the high school chicks he, he, never he, looks left, he left though todd like he was he was like i'll leave you girls so i was yeah. like oh well, that's nice he was like just be careful i won't tell your parents or whatever but you know that it was he, <laughs> oh yeah he would have got creepy if he didn't get murdered um but i think I he was really, a red herring though in the movie like we we're we we're thinking he was gonna be the killer and, oh yeah yes. not at all but i will say i really liked all of the girls i liked all of the characters i actually cared about them i don't know why or what really happened for me to care about them but at the end i was about to start crying because you could just tell like the trauma that they went through there it shows them all crying and they're just like laying on the floor at the end like i felt so bad um but i really liked this movie 
Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen this one probably since high school. So this was, this felt like a pretty fresh watch to me. Um, there's a couple of scenes I remembered. Um, and yeah, I mean, I actually really enjoyed this one. This one's like a really solid, like 80 slasher flick. Um, uh, the drill is just chef's kiss, like just a great weapon to use in a horror movie that honestly isn't used enough. Probably like I would love to see more like drills used um it was just perfect for this uh type of movie the villain is great like he is so fucking creepy and just sleazy and gross and he is just perfect this i love that he essentially has no dialogue until like the very end um i thought that was perfect kind of to keep him kind of like the silent mysterious killer um until the end and then when he does start talking like it's just everything that comes out of his mouth is just so creepy and like uh makes you like a little uneasy so i just perfect casting i thought uh for him i don't know if this guy went and did anything else or this was like his only thing but he he was great in this and yeah i mean i thought the acting was for like a movie like this i thought the acting was pretty solid like all the way around for like a low budget slasher film like i thought everyone did a, a really good job super like simple basic storyline but like i never found myself bored and obviously i'm sure the runtime helps out a lot like 76 minutes was like perfect for this like nowadays people will stretch this out to like a 90 minute movie and it will drag but like you don't need to do that just make it an hour 16 and it's fine and it's perfect the way it is you don't need to make your movies 90 minutes so when i always i i'm a big advocate for that like i say that a lot on this podcast like it, it did not need to be that long this movie was the perfect length and uh it really helped so yeah i really enjoyed this one yeah yeah we're, we're, we're big advocates of just film the movie that you know you need not uh run time for nothing uh yeah same thing I, I just i really like this movie you know it's not it's not like one of my favorites uh from the 80s or anything like it wouldn't appear on my top 10 or even near there but it's one of the it's like a fun watch you know something that i'll revisit every five to ten years and enjoy it for what it is and then move on and you know it, it is what it is uh i wrote a fucking ton of notes though on this movie i don't know what the hell i was on that night when i watched it but uh just a little like some. it's just like little observations and nitpick not, not even nitpicks for some of them but uh really random shit too i don't know what the fuck i was on that night really like probably just tired uh like for example what kind of fucking monster pours a can of pringles into a bowl like that's not how singles work. <laughs> oh that's what you got. <laughs> and and yeah, similarly, they have a fucking bowl of Twinkies. Like what the hell is that? I know. <laughs> Easy access. <laughs> it's just weird to me. Twinkies they're going to get stale. That's why they're in that little like wrapper. <laughs> that's the whole point of the damn Twinkies. Um, shout out to Sylvester Stallone on the Playgirl. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a Sylvester Stallone cameo there. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, it's also interesting to know that this is written and directed by a woman because there are some very, uh, like gratuitous scenes in this. Like there's a shower scene where it literally just pants down to a girl's ass. Just the booties, baby. And then, and then back up (laughs) for really no reason, like other than kind of exploitation. So yeah, for sure. But it's just weird that like a woman would choose to make do that particular shot. And it's like she makes sure that she gets every girl's tits. Yeah, so that's another thing that so stuff like that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's just just a, little, a bunch of little nitpicks. I don't want to take them all in case you guys have some of these. But uh, Todd, Todd, what do you think of this movie? No, not, not a lot. This movie has the three B's, which I'm sure Sam will appreciate. It's got boobs, butts and babes because uh, all the chicks are incredibly good looking in this. Um, but it is kind of heartbreaking, though, like once I started reading about the actors, the girl that played Valerie, the older sister to the younger sister, you know, that, those characters, she actually committed suicide when she was like 30 something. So kind of a big bummer there when you read up on these people. But 
um the girl throwing the ashtray out the window like come on why are we littering put put it in a freaking i don't know bag tie up the bag up throw it away um and i think a lot of the guys are out of the leagues of these girls in this one kind of like a miscast in there but especially the dude in the car in the garage Mm -hmm. this guy's not landing her let's just be honest here similar to like devin sawa and jessica alba it's just not happening in real life all right (laughs) but that's uh and then the creepy doll in the in a room in the middle like why would you sleep with that weird doll like it's freaking terrifying but um nothing nothing crazy it's it's a a silly 80s movie so comes with the territory i guess yeah Uh, a few more that i had so how did they not see the guys in the window or hear them they're having like a full ass blown conversation outside right next to where the girls are and they somehow like don't acknowledge them at all they knew they're showing the good stuff double pane glass maybe well no it was was open open. (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) oh that that was that was weird uh how old is the younger sister supposed to be i thought she looked Uh, way older 13 Uh, going on 30 yeah Yeah, she acted acted young but she looks so old it was it was was really off-putting to me she was making out dude right Um, guys off in the fifth grade (laughs) <laughs> and that was the line the sister used um no sam and i noticed that too like we were discussing that i was like she looks older than her sister like it's so fucking bizarre like this yeah pretty funny yeah would you eat the de- the pizza under the dead guy because i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like there's no way i would touch that fucking pizza at all i like- would it's not like his blood seeped through it like when that girl was like i eat when i I'm stressed or when I don't feel good and she's like eating she's like I already feel better and Joe and I were like that's me <laughs> yeah, that, that was a an odd one although I, I did like like the way that pizza guy's eyes were like you know uh hollowed out and shit that, that was really cool um did, did you notice the girl who when they're in the bedroom and he's coming out like kind of the window going after her she just like her friend gets attacked and she just pieces out she's like doesn't help her at all she's just like I'm out like, I, I thought that was so hilarious. I, I got a good pop out of me. Did you notice that one of the girls, I can't remember who it was, she's she's trying to attack the killer and she comes in with whatever she's going to stab him and she like shuts the door behind her and then she runs to kill him. Like, it's like, you're not going to fucking shut the door behind you. <laughs> right. <laughs> she wasn't being quiet. She was being loud, you know? I was like, what the heck? Can't let the draft in. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> He, you, the villain, the only thing that kind of made me laugh was the villain. Like, he runs so, like, awkwardly in this movie. Yeah, he runs like he's got, a, like, a little shit in his pants or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, or he's, got, he's holding it in. He's creeping. Uh, so his plan was just to take a nap on the floor, <laughs> trying to pretend he's dead to trick the girls. Like, that, I don't know, that seemed a little far-fetched to me, personally. Like, I don't know, what would you guys think of that? It was just a weird plan well, to me. I think like it added to just like his psychoticness, like, you know, and he's like a mental patient. So like, I just took it as kind of his mental capacity. Yeah. How do we know that he's a mental? They say it on the news. Like there's a news report at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. What did you guys think about the woman who was the telephone? um, That was her occupation, the cable person. Oh, she, the hot, uh, the hot, uh, telephone lady like at the school and then the guy is like hitting on her and then she gets murdered oh, she's the first yeah. murder yeah <laughs> she was i like yeah, that's out of <laughs> random right? yeah i mean yeah. i appreciated it i was like oh they made her have like what normally you would think of as like a male a male's career so i thought that was interesting mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Greg I, Stevens for the low budget people. She's a second victim in the mm-hmm. gymnasium. Yeah. I do find it interesting though. And I mean, obviously Sam can speak to this more since she's a female, but I don't understand why this movie is considered so, I guess, like exploitative to women. Cause like I've seen way worse like than this. And I know we kind of touched on it, but I, I mean, I guess I'd like to hear Sam's perspective. Um, I feel like I don't know why it gets a lot of hate because if I was an actress, I would much rather be in this type of movie and like I would get naked for a female director with a male director more than likely no. Um, I don't know. I think it's because people were thinking like you're a woman. So why would you exploit them? But I was reading she talked about like if it was a male person that did it like no one gives a fuck like they'll go see it and they can make all of this money off of all of the actresses but she was like when it's a female that does it like all of a sudden that's when people care that women are getting exploited and it's like I don't know wouldn't you rather be part of like a female team and do something like this than just do it for some man Mm-hmm. But I yeah, don't know why it, it gets so much hate because it's nothing more than what we've seen in no, other movies. No, like, yeah, I mean, we've seen way more. This is like tame compared to other stuff. And honestly, like, you can honestly argue, in my opinion, that it's almost like a women empowerment movie because at the end, they all team together to kill this murderer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think the reputation is 100% because of the box art. So when yeah. people were going to video stores, they see these girls in skimpy outfits with a guy and with a drill between his legs and thought for sure that's an exploitive movie without actually watching it. And I have a feeling if I had to guess what why it has such a reputation, it's strictly because of the box art. Yeah, so that's my, that's Steve my makes a good point because I feel like I've seen this cover for a while now and I did think it was going to be like super risky I guess like I thought he would be like cutting off their breast and like just like it would be gnarly like insane stuff but it wasn't um and two you have to think about back in that time like it wasn't heard of of a female doing like this type of horror movie I don't think so maybe they were also surprised by that and it was just something new so of course you freak out when you're not used to something did you guys know that the girl that's on the cover on the floor she's actually not in the movie Oh, really? Yeah. It's funny. She got cut out, cut out or did? I don't know. I just saw that on trivia. They didn't say why, but I'm sure we could look it up. But they said that the girl get, on the floor, she wasn't in the movie. My guess would be they probably did the cover art after the movie was filmed and they couldn't get like all the actresses back or whatever because mm-hmm. they were in different locations. So they just did that. Yeah. Or they replaced her. Uh, it happened with Elena yeah. quickly in a movie. I, f- I forget which movie it is where they did all the uh, like the special effects, like props before the movie and they fired the actress because she wasn't good enough and wouldn't do nudity so they hired Lynette quickly but when she dies it's still the old actress's like head that decapitates <laughs> so it, it just happens in movies like this so that could be a reason as well uh the three last little nitpicks i wrote were one so there's a scene where one of the girls takes a handsaw that's plugged in and like runs after the killer with it still plugged in i thought for sure she should have died like with her like a self-kill I thought it was almost cheap that she didn't like it. I thought that was a missed opportunity in my opinion. Um, and the other two I have one, this drives me nuts because I see it all the time. Why isn't in horror movies, whenever someone takes a fireplace poker, they never use the pokey part. They only hit them to, with the, on the side of them. It's so ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's, it, I don't get that. That's at a all. Great question. That, that, that is an egregious part of this movie. Like 
there's one scene where like it does a close-up of her beating him with it and you can clearly tell it's like a prop like thing right. like <laughs> fucking like bends <laughs> yeah for sure and my last one is there's no way a fucking machete breaks uh the drill the drill bit there's just no fucking way and it happens in both movies you don't think so i don't think so i don't unless it's already like damaged somehow uh i just don't don't believe it he has been killing all day with it it's just i don't know it's to me that was a little ridiculous but it's a movie so it's a it's a walmart drill bit yeah right (laughs) right exactly Let's do. We got to do a MythBusters on this now. Right, right, do, it, do, it on, do it on the job site tonight, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't. Yeah. I don't think with, I can the find a hat. machete. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't have machetes at, uh, on hand, but you know that's a missed opportunity can... in real life. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had. Well, I don't want to say all my nitpicks means I didn't like the movie. It's just things I happen to notice while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only like real nitpick is, uh, and it's understandable, obviously, because like. I know it was like a low budget movie is I I wish we got like more creative kills with the drill or like more gory stuff with the drill. It was mostly, you know, off screen stuff. So that's really my only big negative with this one. I was trying to see how much money this movie made. Um, Can't imagine a lot. Yeah. uh, It doesn't have how much it made, but it costs 250, 250, 250K to make Mm -hmm. more than I thought. Honestly, (laughs) That's a lot of money in 82 though for a slasher. That is. Yeah um but yeah like like you guys said there's a lot worse movies out there like one that jumps to my mind is um don't answer the phone that's like brutal like every woman's evil because not you know what i mean like a guy wants to kill every woman because he hates women it's like right that one's really bad and this one's well, i like, mean like last house on the left yeah like, yeah good point yeah this is nothing like mm-hmm. you want to rate this one now yeah sure uh i give this like a solid eight out of ten uh or four and a five four out of five yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go a seven and a half out of ten on this one. I enjoyed it. I'm gonna go an eight as well. And with Joe, seven and a half. It's an enjoyable watch. Mm-hmm. All right, it brings us to the remake, 2021 remake. I don't agree with this um, this write-up from IMDb. A feminist remake of the 1982 slasher film about sorority girls attacked by a maniac killer with a large electric drill. I obviously I'm not a woman, but I didn't see like feminist like the definition of feminism in this movie maybe i'm wrong sam if you want to jump in but i thought it was like a good parody making fun of like 80 slashers having the girls be the damsels and the guys be the heroes like they flipped it on its head i wouldn't necessarily call that like a feminist i just call that like a a fun hey we're flipping it here's a parody of us but if i put my foot in my mouth sam stop me no i was gonna say i maybe that's just what they mean it like because they spun it around that it's like hey were for women so yeah but it was the original was directed by a female and written by a female like a woman well so i think I, it's because i mean i have i didn't look into it which i probably yeah. should have but i think it's because the original got so much flack that they were like there's not going to be any like boobs we're just going to show like the These hot butts. guys you yeah. where usually it's the hot girls like we're just it's going to be that instead the so i think so they were still like in their little little shorts and stuff yeah, but they weren't like in the shower naked, showing their hot abs. Unfortunately, and pecs. Well, because it was a sci-fi and movie, they couldn't anyway. Nipples. Hard <laughs> nips. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just I once again stop me if I'm stupid, Sam. But I always like didn't like the argument that horror was feminist because or against females or whatever because like girls are always the victors. Like there's final girls, there's not final guys, and guys the girls always smart the killer. You got 
like Lori, Heather Lane Camp, like they're all victorious. And I just always like rub me the wrong way when they would say like it, violence towards women's male fantasy. Like, no, man, like the guys in, I mean, obviously in the remake are stupid as fuck, but even the original, they're like doofuses. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're played it for comedic value and the girls were the smart ones. So it's like, I don't know. It always, yeah. Does that rub you the wrong way sometimes, Sam? Um, I mean, I'm like you, I, I'm like you, I'm like, well, they always, there's always the final girl that survives because she's smart and she like is careful choosing her steps of surviving the killer. Um, I think it's just like, if they're new, if it, it just goes back to the nudity, I don't think it's like necessarily violence on women, but I'm sure that there are valid points for that side of the argument. Um, but I just, I think it's scarier when it happens to a woman. I don't know if that's because people think we're weak or if it's scary to me because that that's me. Like I can see myself in these movies. Um, so yeah, I don't, I agree with you, Todd. So, uh, all right. So anyway, the plot for this one is um, it starts off kind of similar to the Friday the 13th remake when there's kind of a mini movie. Um, there's a traditional summer party sleepover with, you know, the good looking girls and all that stuff. Um, it's um party crash by our killer and he goes through killing all of them except one who turns out to be fa- uh, fast forward maybe 20 years or so and the survivor of that is the mother of a new gr- a girl that's going out with her friends a young group of women going out to the same area that the original killer was at because they want to do like a murder tour kind of thing uh spoiler alert for this movie if you haven't watched it don't listen to the show anymore because we're gonna spoil a little bit um but they go to the same area of, of the original killer because they want to find him and kill him so they set up like the scene where they're going to pretend to be damsel in distress or you know sleepover stuff they're eating pizza they're drinking booze they're being careless because they want to lure the killer in and kill him um but the difference with this one is they flip it where the guys are like obviously like cardboard cutouts they even call them guy one and guy two for a couple of characters um they're the ditzy ones there's the ones that are focused on for being you know hot close up of their bodies um pillow fights which is i think freaking great scene <laughs> um shower scene close up of the guy's butt things like that so yeah um i thought i was gonna hate this movie just on face value and in a lot of the, the reviews i saw and especially when i saw the, the imdb feminist thing i was like oh i don't want to be this kind of movie but honestly it was pleasantly surprised i like super love it but it's like a solid middle ground movie for me this year. Like, a, well, I'll say my rating for it, but um, overall, I enjoyed it. I do have my problems with it, but we can wait till we're all done. Is guy one, guy two, big John, little John? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I like this movie hey, better than uh, Halloween Kill. You also failed to mention um, the awkward jerking off scene at the beginning of the movie too. That fucking like, that dude who's just like watching them jerking off. It's so Oh, when he's like weird. pervert, but he's yeah. the one being a pervert too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then that he, guy was weird. He was a loser. The way he was talking to his girlfriend, he's like, look what you're wearing, you whore. And she's literally sure. wearing regular p- PJs. Like, what the heck is she's wrong with She's way too hot for him too. What's up with these guys overshooting, man? Yeah. Sam's like, look at Joe. Well, I now mean, you got I, the cowboy look on. I just can't dump I mean, you now. I, I got the fucking boots. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll go next. Um, I'm gonna. I'm the opposite of Todd. I, I did not like this movie uh, at all. Shocker. <laughs> really. Um. So I. Wow, male misogyny right there, dude. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Cowboy hat and everything. Exactly. <laughs> um, Flipping it. 
so I think the idea was like interesting and good. And there were certain parts I did like to this movie. Um, I think there is a good movie in here somewhere, but I, I, it's just like, to me, it's just like all, so all over the place, like tonally. Like I, I, I feel like they like went from like, they go to like a serious movie and then like they throw in these like little jokes where they're literally like looking at the camera almost like not, you know, metaphorically like looking at the camera and be like, Hey, did you get that? Did you get that joke? You know? And I, to me, that just did not land. Um, I, I felt like none of the comedy they tried landed in this to me personally. Um, I also did not like the twist of the, when we find out um, that they went to the cabin um, to like lure the killer. I just, I did not like that. I just wish they went straight like parody or a straight, like, yeah, like a straight, like, Slumber Party Massacre parody rather than, like, doing this, like, weird shit. Like, the weird shit just, it didn't land for me. Um, I But I did like the scene, like Todd said, with, you know, I liked how they did kind of try to do the the um, re the role reversal there by, like, you know, objectifying the men rather than the women. I thought that was, like, funny, and I did laugh at that. Um, but, yeah, overall, this was a miss for me. Um. Okay, so... I will say I'm trying to okay so I liked it um it took me a long time to get attached to some of the characters it wasn't right off the bat like it was the original for me um I I agree with Joe I wasn't crazy about the twist of where they were planning to get him um I also didn't like that it was in a cabin I wish it would have been in a house like it was so Friday the 13th for me where I just was already like, meh, I'm over it. Um, but eventually I will say half through, I started liking it and I was laughing at all of the jokes and I'm just saying like women love spending money. I don't know why there's not more movies made like this. It doesn't have to be like super campy or super cheesy with like the comedy, but I'm like, women want to see, like, we want to see hot guys on the screen. We want to see like almost shots of their freaking penises. Like we like sex too, people. Hello. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, what else did I like about this movie? Okay. The killer was like, pretty much twins with the killer from the original. He had like everything down to a T. I also hated him. And I was so, <laughs> when I laughed because at the end when they kill the killer, they're like, someone needs to watch the body and they just like keep hacking at him. And I'm like, yes, do that. Like that's how you're supposed to kill the killer to make sure that he doesn't come back alive. So I really appreciated that. But then you kind of see what else happens if you've watched it. Um, but that's all I'll say for now. All right. Um, so I, I think get that I'm list little, out, Steve. Yeah, I, I got my list going. Uh, I'm a little closer to Joe on this one. Uh, I actually watched it originally, and I was curious what Sam thought of it, saying that Joe and Todd would probably hate it. But we decided to review it because I guess we could do the original at the same time. It was a good excuse to do it. And I didn't like it on my first watch, but I did rewatch it today. And I was curious to see on a second watch, knowing what the movie's about, really. If I was going to like it anymore and no not at all I still don't like the movie um I thought it was interesting uh the scenes where they did the role reversal so when they were showing the scenes like the pillow fight the uh you know going down to the guy's butt stuff like that I thought was really clever and I really like that it's when it, they wrote scenes like the dialogue is so fucking poor and forced in this movie that it made me cringe really bad lines like out of nowhere, a guy says, my toxic, masculinity, uh, sorry, my toxic masculinity is forcing me into it. 
who the fuck says that? No one fucking says that. That's not a real word. Like it's I so not even <laughs> if you're self-aware. <laughs> no, that's not that that's that's like written. That's not actual dialogue. You know, that's it was so poorly written, in my opinion, that that hurt the film tremendously. And I didn't think it was all that well acted either. I just didn't believe these characters. They felt like forced characters. Uh, whereas the first one, like the original, felt like natural people. Like these, they felt like real people going through the situation. This one just felt like written characters going through the situation. And it, I just did buy a lot of it. So that was a big problem for me. Uh, I did think the kills were really cool. Uh, particularly the kill, like where the guy's face is being drilled and you see his like like face just like shaking and like blood coming out of everywhere. Uh, when the girl gets killed by the car, and when they, they push the hood down and the, the fan like destroys her face, stuff like that, I thought was really cool. But overall, I have a lot of issues with this one. Uh, and I just didn't like it all that much. One thing, maybe I missed it. Did they explain how Russ Thorne comes back like 20 years later or whatever, looking exactly the same? No, like, that's they, never. <laughs> they don't even know if he's alive. They, they go through this yeah. plan th- just hoping he's alive, essentially. Right. And, that that was a whole that was a big problem with me too is the plan the plan made no fucking sense <laughs> they, they come with these shitty ass weapons like she goes with a four inch knife thinking that's gonna <laughs> stop that giant drill if if he gets there and the girl wears like these breast like implant things why that 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 would not have made a fucking difference in your plan <laughs> at all but they had to mention it she had to pull those tits out and like throw them on the ground and like Oh, these were so uncomfortable. Like, why? It made no feminist thing, man. They're getting rid of the booby upgrades. It, it's weird. It was just weird. Like, this movie is just and the enhancements. Oh, <laughs> uh, now that you guys are talking about it, I'm like an even. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, what I liked about it, though, was like I think Steve mentioned that the guy, so specifically the guy scenes where, like, that's how guys act. Like, I act so stupid when we're when, yes. when you're younger. When we're together, that's how dudes act. Like. People think we're just like talking around, like walking. I don't know what they think we're really doing. Well, but that's tell what we're doing. Joe that because he was like, guys do not do that. And I'm like, yes, what? they do. You didn't fucking try to like rip shit apart. And like your friend would be like, dude, my dad's gonna fucking find this pillow. Shut up. And you're trying to break stuff. Like we would just do that shit constantly. Yeah, I mean, we never tried to like rip a pillow, but no, yeah. No, I mean, no, no, not that specifically, but we destroy yeah. shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But no, I like that stuff. But then like for the things I liked, like that whole random like, comedic timing cut to him trying to rip a pillow apart and then you have like steve's line like my toxic masculinity is like oh they're trying to be like very in in like look at us what we're doing and i thought apart from the lines being cringy because i think that's what they're going for it was like really trying a little bit too hard to like be clever and then if you're trying too hard it's no longer clever because we're like it's you got to be more subtle with it um and then the kills like i really like the kills and i like the girls for the most part too and i like the characters i just didn't like the look at me like how fun we are yeah respect of the movie yeah i mean and that's what i say when i say i think there is like a good movie in here like i think you make this more subtle and not like literally looking at your audience like winking at them and i I think it's a better movie but that is what totally throws me off and just makes me roll my eyes and it just yeah i mean some people maybe like that type of humor for me it just it doesn't work when you kind of play on with the audience like that it just i I tend to like it it sort of like breaks that fourth wall to me and it just never 
like works for me personally but i will say i did like the kills i thought the kills in this were better actually than the original like they were they were more gory it was more what i wanted from that original movie so i i that that is the one positive i guess i i would i would take out of this i wish honestly russ was in it more though like russ thorn like he we barely see him honestly um and he's killed off like fairly quick um without really much uh drama or suspense so yeah that was kind of a bummer an example of a subtle uh like joke which i thought was really funny and clever was when the dudes are like not listening to the girls and the guy's like he puts on a sweater and zips it up and it says bros before hoes like see that's funny because yeah. it's subtle like and it's not like in your face it was just kind of a funny joke you know that i liked like that kind of stuff i thought was fucking hilarious that uh, same with the pillow fight and like the shower like i said before so that's the kind of stuff I like, but it's the other like really forced dialogue ones that mm. really made me cringe uh, in this yeah. movie. It's yeah. I did like the flip um, when the the two guys first show up to the cabin, and usually it's like a girl like when she gets attention, she wants to be mean. She's like, I have a boyfriend, but then like he's like very quick to like I have a girlfriend. It was just like I don't know. It was a really fun like delivery that he did, and then he ends up being the guy that has the ass <laughs> on display and stuff. He's like the boy next door, you know, he's the one that everyone wants. Oh, the tall, hot one, glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Um, also, I feel like obviously this movie is not geared towards you guys, but I feel like it's the perfect like teen horror movie if you were a teenage girl, like like a 16 year old, yeah, because you it talks about like kind of what's going on with the toxic masculinity and all of that stuff. Like, I think teens would really enjoy this movie and plus it's sci-fi as well which when I saw that I was like oh hell but it was better than I thought for a sci-fi movie so I give it extra points for that I guess for every like ghost shark you get from sci-fi channel you get one of these huh? mm-hmm. it also reminded me of um final girls that's what it kind of reminded me of Final don't girls, I thought don't insult really the movie, right. please. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. See, see Final <laughs> no, Girls is like I don't, this I'm not saying right. on I'm not it did do it right, but I'm saying this would be like the TV, the move TV movie okay. edition. Yeah. yeah. The sci-fi edition. <laughs> the sci-fi edition. <laughs> exactly. It was um yeah, and oh my god. I Sam touched on it a little bit. Fuck every time he spoke, I was just laughing my ass off. Like the the killer. Just hey. <laughs> You're, you're pretty all of you so pretty like oh my god it's like shut up don't say you know anything you want it yeah it's just so cringy i i i, I would have kept him quiet to be honest with you just it didn't add anything it didn't add any fear if anything and made him ridiculous but maybe that's what they were going for like how fucking ridiculous this killer is but and I, you're right i wish it had been him the whole time uh the mom twist i saw coming like the second they walked into her store you know it's just it just it was stupid it, I didn't like it at all. No. I do like all of the callbacks that they did in the remake. Yeah. Like that was yeah. cool to see. Yeah, that was fun. They bring back, they bring, I haven't seen the sequel, but I recognize the guitar as, you know, I've seen that in a lot of forms and stuff. And they even bring back the uh, duck light from the first mm-hmm. movie too, which yep. I thought was pretty fun. But yeah, there are some fun callbacks. So, I mean, at least they did that. Has this director done anything else, by the way? Do we know? This girl from the- Yeah, movie. this female director. I don't know. I liked that they recreated the shot of him with the drill between his legs. I thought that was nah. cool. Just like mm-hmm. stuff like that. that uh... Are you looking yeah. it up, Todd? 
but yeah i agree with you steve i i did not like the mom like angle like it was like really like unnecessary and it didn't oh, honestly she did didn't banana add splits. she did what banana splits last year oh interesting i mean that was good mm-hmm. i I really enjoyed banana splits mm-hmm. movie <laughs> and some other um, random stuff oh cool all right oh, i knew the that, name does sounded that change familiar. does that change your perspective joe no no, she went down. She went downhill. Go back up. Go make more banana splits movies, please. You go make <laughs> it. She's doing more than you are, man. She sure is. That is very man. True. Toxic Joe, and her Sorry. name is uh, her name is Danishka Esterhazy. So I'm assuming right, a Europeanish name. Right. Danishka. So she, well, it looks like she likes to do horror comedies, so maybe she'll like stay it. on that that line. Yeah. Don't tell but, her what to do. I said, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't need um, your validation. I All right. Well, I want to hear from the two people that did like the movie. What did you think of the mom angle? I mean, I didn't really like it. Like it was too Friday the 13th for me. Like it's right on, it's right on the list of did not enjoy like the cabin, the mom. Yeah. At least the tri- the trickery sense. of it all. At least Pamela Voorhees was tough. Like yeah, this girl acted babes, tough yeah. when you didn't know her, but as soon as they reveal her, she like breaks down and becomes a super weak character. Like I wish they'd kept her tough, like Pamela Voorhees, just a total How badass. Did she break you know? down. Oh, she started crying and started. No, because she was whole... trying to trick the girl. Yeah, I don't know. Like she does it too much to. No, like you almost felt bad. You're like, shit. She's not the killer, but then right. she gets. Yeah, it. yeah. She tried, but it, even at the fight, like at the end, it just. I don't know. I, I expected her to be stronger uh, of a character. Okay, but I have a question. What about the nail gun? I feel like that's impossible. Literally, she was probably like 20 feet away and they were still coming through the house. through yeah, Not only through the house, but through the tables that they were hiding behind. You have to have pressure on the gun too, I believe, to yeah. even make it work. Mm-hmm. Right to go. Yeah. Safety mm-hmm. feature. So it's not like a fucking gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I forgot everything after our Russ, whatever. On, Character I, that's dies, when I, that's yeah. when I tuned out. I was just mm-hmm. doing reports and stuff, so I was like, eh. Yeah, it's like they like had the movie written and then they didn't have enough runtime, so they just like, all right, let's throw, let's do a twist and we'll add this mother character in because like yeah, it's like you, like nothing interesting happens like after the Russ stuff like at all. It is very forgettable. Like the, really, the only parts I do remember is like the Russ parts, and then after that, it's like, eh. what would you say is your favorite kill in the movie? I like mm. the one where the one you mentioned in the forest where the guy's um, guitar and he gets he gets broken, and then his face gets scrambled. Mm-hmm. I that like was the really scrambled good. face yeah. too. Yeah, I like when the drill just goes straight through that dude's head, and like it's still go like you know on, and you can just see it like spinning and it is in and out of his head. That was pretty cool. Yeah, even the first uh, in the first series of girls, like in the past, uh, the girl gets in the throat. Like it was, it was pretty. Even the the shot of the girl's hand uh, being drilled through looked really good. Like it was a really cool practical effect. So they really did a great job with the kills and the the effects and stuff in this movie. So it's really a shame mm-hmm. that I thought the writing didn't kind of keep the same pace. Agreed. It it, um, it kind of had the same tone to me as the babysitter too. Like it. Yeah, yeah, which I, yeah, I, didn't I can like see that. that yeah, which I didn't like that one either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Babysitter one was pretty good, but two was like kind of. Eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of had like the same kind of like in metaverse yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Uh, rate it. All right, I'm a. Uh, 
I started higher and then you guys started talking. I'm like, okay. So I'm at like a 6.25, which is still pretty good for this kind of yeah. movie. Uh, 2.5 out of 5. Yeah. I mean, perhaps I'm being a little too tough on it because it is just a sci-fi movie, right? Like, but I I just had way too many problems with it for me to enjoy it. Um, I'm giving it a four. Oof. So so was Leprechaun Returns, though, right? Sci-fi, and we like that. Yeah. Lin- I think, was Lincoln it Parker. sci-fi? Yeah, Leprechaun Returns was I'm solid. Sure yeah. Was. yeah, I think you're right. Baron Origins, that's for goddamn sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a five. I, I thought the kills were good enough to warrant like having some points. It's just the writing really killed it for me, so I'll go with a five. Mm, I don't know. I feel like the writing was done on purpose. Like I feel like I don't know. Um, so I'm gonna give it. Would I watch it again? Maybe later on in life. Um, so I'm gonna give it a six point nine. I guess. Ooh, sex. <laughs> yep. <My winner. laughs> Yeah, although I did get some of the biggest laughs I've had all year. Like that that fucking pillow fight really made me like, I thought it was yeah. I was thinking though. too, like, have you ever had feathers in your house? It sucks. Yeah. Like from a pillow. Mm-hmm. That's so annoying. Yeah. My had, dad like, my dad fucking used a feather pillow. I yeah, I, I hated it. Eight. Yeah. I, I couldn't get comfortable with that. They, they like you. poke out and stab you. Yeah, yes. yeah. Right. Get in your eyeball. Fuck, yeah. man. I remember growing up, my parents had a waterbed. So did mine, dude. How did people sleep on a waterbed? Like, so uncomfortable. It is. <laughs> What's that, uh, Nightmare Part 3, right? Or is that 4? Yeah, uh, 3. I it's 4. It's no, four. 4. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is 4 with Joey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm afraid yeah. you, like, drown. Like, it pops and you uh, fucking yeah, fall Yeah, it needs a room. Just, I, like, fuck up your whole house. Is that, that, That's true. That pops, right? you know? yeah. God. I remember my parents used to pop all the time. They'd have to buy like patches for it, like because <laughs> like I used to. You guys like, were getting I, fucking I like, crazy on. No, it. like I would like jump. <laughs> I would like you know. I was like as a kid, like I would like jump on it. It was like so fun, and then I would like fucking pop it, you know. Like what? Yeah, it's not a trampoline. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but God. So I think we all agree the original's the superior film. Oh yeah, absolutely, right, cool. definitely. Um, I regret paying five ninety nine to rent this. <laughs> I wish I could have found it for free. <laughs> But that was my own fault. I didn't watch it on Sci-Fi when I should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. It's not like free any. So it was free yeah. like on Sci-Fi for a time, and then it just yeah, went away. yeah, yeah. Free in Canada, awesome. so that was awesome. No, there you <laughs> go. That's, that's what. That's why I watched it twice because it was free. So nice. Uh, yeah, never watching it. Finally, Did your wife watch it, us. Steve? Nope, I watched it alone both times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it will be free very soon though, because like I feel yeah. like now that Halloween's over, they'll probably just like push it to their free like on demand or whatever but their original is free like everywhere so if you want to watch Shit. the original like it's on yeah. tubi it's on amazon prime it's on shutter like, factory's yeah. got shutter, a good blu-ray yeah. for the collectors out there and a cool mm-hmm. figure too yeah now i want to get the figure now that i rewatch it because i really do like his character. it's probably expensive now right all those scream factory exclusives are pretty pricey was it exclusive though because they it keep was. saying it is and they fucking re-release them and oh did they re-release yeah well they haven't really no, they've done that. that a few times they have, but they haven't. I know they re-released the My Bloody Valentine one, but I don't think they re-released this one. So, and I don't think they ever will because the movie's not that like popular. I feel like that it would warrant like a re-release. The Angela one, I think, will get re-released because that one is like the price on that is like skyrocketed. Yeah, it's yeah. It for sixty nine bucks right now. Sixty nine, yeah, it's or forty. Bidding. I mean, it's not terrible because it's like a NECA figure is usually like forty bucks anyway. So, I can't find part three anywhere. 
I can find one, two in the remake, but not part three. I forgot I where know. I watched it. It might have I been. I don't know what the. I think it might have been on DVD actually. Yeah, it doesn't help. It's one of those things. Like I, I find that a lot with horror series for some reason, where there's like one or two movies I can't find like, yeah. of the series. Like I mean, uh, even Friday the Thirteenth. Like try to find Jason X. It's, it's not really anywhere. Like unless you own it. Blu-rays of it now. Yeah, if if you have it on Blu-ray and stuff like yeah. that, but not like on screen streaming, they always stream the first eight. And usually not nine or ten. It's just one of those things, you know. A lot of horror series I find have the same thing. Like a uh, good example is Return of the Living Dead. I can find one and three super easily, but two I can't find anywhere. It's just it's a pain yeah, in the ass. Blu-ray, buddy. Yeah, but they, they get expensive too, right? If <laughs> they're know, not yeah. re-released or whatever. So, well, you can buy uh, this just in. Uh, Slim Party Massacre Part Three on DVD for one hundred and forty-eight dollars and ninety-nine cents. Whoa! So is it? Wow! So it is a tough one to find. Wow. It is, yeah. Maybe it's on like YouTube for free. I know a lot of all those Maybe. old yeah. horror movies end up for free in places like that. But yeah, I'm looking up right now and I can't find it streaming anywhere like for free, that's or weird. for even money, or even for money. All right. Yeah, that's just one of those like you know I guess different distributor or something and. Yeah. Kind of like oh, here uh, it is. Oh youtube it is on yeah. youtube for free nice it is awesome so Amazing there you go good place too yep nice awesome cool. so uh next week big episode it's the big oh, two nice. double o two um, double o yeah we're super prepared for it so it's uh, great. <laughs> uh doing a fucking thing <laughs> yeah uh, so we might change our mind but right now the plan is to uh throw it to the listeners uh, give us ideas as to what to review, anything you want. We'll uh, pick our four favorites, like each pick one, and then put it back to the listeners to pick whatever it is. And then we're going to try to find a few other special things. Uh, we're, we're working on an interview. I don't know if it'll happen or not. That's why I don't want to say who it is. Uh, yeah, it's like 50 50. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll Jamie see. Lee Curtis. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's the ghost of Vincent Price. <laughs> Joe's mom will be on the contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure something out to make it special. I, I might do um a hangout uh, because I missed it for Halloween because my sister came up with her kids. So maybe I'll do that. I'll just follow us on social media, especially the Discord, and I will uh, kind of convey all that stuff. For those book clubbers, you got a couple more weeks to finish chasing the boogie. Oh, you guys pushed it a couple weeks. Pushed yeah, it, with, with yeah. Halloween, you know, it's just busy. Like, yeah. everyone's busy. It's. Yeah. I thought I was going to finish, and then I ended up finishing it pretty quickly. But is it worth a read? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to be like, maybe I'll jump on and join in, but if it's not worth it, I won't. <laughs> well, yeah. you guys are zero for two. It sounds like then on your books book club <laughs> reading so far. Uh, I think. This one might please more. Some okay. Yeah. All right. All right. But the and last one's going to be a show now, so I'm excited for that actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't forget the interview. Uh, we have the interview directly following this episode with uh, David Weiner, uh, the writer and director of In Search of Darkness series, which uh, I will now be in the credits of part three. Um, there was a cam- a campaign that if you uh, backed it, back the project, you get your name in the credits, and I also got the trilogy Blu-ray. Uh, coming to me but unfortunately it ended at halloween so the episode came out after uh it's just the way it was i'd already edited and everything the other episode so that, that's cool steve but it's not shark exorcist i know producer cool. right <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> very true all right don't forget to follow us on instagram check out our discord that's where it's 
happening. Um, and thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Squad podcast, where tonight we bring you a very special guest. He is the writer-director of the awesome In Search of Darkness docuseries, which will be coming with its third and final chapter, focusing on deeper cuts and straight-to-VHS films. David Weiner. David, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So I'm going to cut right to the chase. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about the In Search of Darkness series and what it's all about, how you got involved in the project? Yeah, sure. The In Search of Darkness series, uh, which is currently uh, available on Shudder, In Search of Darkness Part 1 and In Search of Darkness Part 2, and Amazon Prime, and I think AMC Plus as well. Um, It is the brainchild of Robin Block, the uh, executive producer of these films. He has a company called Creator VC, uh, which is a a small but uh, impressive company where we put together uh, documentaries driven by community entertainment. Uh, and what that means is that, uh, you know, they're crowdfunded uh, projects in search of darkness, in search of darkness part two. We're doing a sci-fi one called In Search of Tomorrow, uh, did In Search of the Last Action Heroes, taking these, these genre topics and, and, and setting them in a decade and telling the story of the decade. Um, and they, it all started from simple beginnings and it just kind of exploded in terms of the the length and the scope of these things but uh, for those who are unaware we get uh, anywhere between 50 and 60 people from the era experts about the era you know directors writers composers uh, actors uh, special effects folks who were there to tell their stories not only about their own projects uh, 80s horror and so on and genre films uh, but talk about the ones that they they really love. And uh, it becomes a big celebration for all of us fans. Awesome. Uh, I absolutely loved the first two parts of this series. Uh, you go really in depth into the horror genre, uh, focusing on the 80s and all of the great movies that came out of that decade. Uh, what will you bring us in part three uh, that is going to be different from the other two parts? And uh, can you give us a little tease of some of the titles that will be featured in it? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, part one really kind of focused on the franchises and, and, and big heavy hitters of 80s horror. There were plenty of eclectic titles. I mean, there was, there's, you know, for every, you know, Shining, uh, you know, there was a, there was a uh, company of wolves, you know, um, for every Bloody Valentine, for every Friday the 13th, you know, there was, uh, you know, Society by Brian Yuzna you know, or dolls by, uh, by um, Stuart Gordon. Um, but the, the, the problem with, with covering a decade, even if you have four, four and a half hours, uh, when you're going chronologically year by year, um, you can only fit so many per year before you have to get to the next year. And when you're only focusing on the movies themselves, there's only so many before you get to larger context chapters that you want to talk about the heroes, the villains, the final gear, girl, the effects, the, the VHS era, all that kind of stuff. So we kind of started that formula in the first one. And then with the second one, we got to the more uh, straight to video stuff. We got, uh, we, we broadened our scope to a lot more uh, international titles. Um, and I think the people who might have wished that there was more of that in the first one, they got it in the second one. Um, 
But by the time we get to this third one, which is really by popular demand, because I kind of thought after part two, that might be the end of it. Um, people uh, who really enjoy this format uh, and are using it to curate their own lists around holiday season or, you know, revisit films or, or look at them uh, from an entirely different lens, you know, decades later after they came out. Um, it leaves the fact that this decade had hundreds and hundreds of movies that came out, either theatrically or straight to video or even shot on video by, you know, with the indie spirit of, you know, two dimes to uh, rub together and a lot of uh, creative energy. And a lot of those we still have yet to get to. And there's still lots of theatrical films that we haven't gotten to as well. Uh, so the idea is really to sort of tackle a lot of those additional movies um, I can't tell you what's in it because you are going to tell me what's in it. The idea and the conceit of In Search of Darkness Part 3 and the crowdfunding campaign we're doing now that goes until Halloween uh, at midnight is you guys get to choose. You know, if you're a backer, uh, you get all sorts of cool things. You get, the, you know, you get the movie. If you miss the first two, you can get, uh, you know, a complete set if you like. There's posters, there's, you know, lots of cool things. There's a whole community though. And we're uh, you get a credit in the movie, all, all things like that. But the community is going to be tasked with saying, these are my favorite movies and you haven't gotten to them yet. Please cover it in the way that you do it. Uh, and you and and based on the, the results that we get, uh, easily half or two thirds of this film is gonna be driven by what the fans want and what the horror community wants. And I, I really can't wait to see what everyone comes up with because the, the more ridiculous, the better. That's, that's awesome. I, I love that idea that uh, you're kind of, you know, putting it to the fans to, you know, uh, kind of it, close out this uh, amazing series and stuff. I think, it, I think it's real important, just, you know, a little bit more about that is that, you know, so many people have been so vocal about, I love this, but I wish you covered that. And you know what? Me too. You know, I, I so many times when we did part one, there was so much material. There's a lot of material that we carried over to part two. We did part two. It's a lot of material that still had nowhere to go and is sitting in 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 movie segment limbo. You know, crying and waiting for their opportunity to shine. And so. Um, it's nice to be able to, when people say, I love this, but boy, it would have been nice if you did Rawhead Rex, you know? Me too, I would love to do that. You know, I've tried to do Extra twice, you know? Uh, Extra will finally see it's light, the light of day. Uh, there are certain movies that just need to be uh, discussed and introduced to people who don't know them very well. And, um, you know, the fact that I get to really be told what to do is something I really would like. That's amazing. Uh, you covered a lot of films in the first two parts of this series. And I'm curious, is there any that you discovered through making this process that uh, you became a big fan of or that you didn't know about and you got to see it and you thought, oh, this is great. Uh, are there oh, any yeah. like recommendations you would uh, give to our audience of things uh, so, you discovered? So, so many of them. Um, I, I am I am a horror fan like anyone else. And as, as any horror fan knows, there's varying degrees of fandom, you know? Uh, and, and out of all of us who love very specific subgenres and specific movies, you know, we all have our particular tastes. Oh, that's a little too heavy for me. Oh, that's a little too light for me. Oh, this is, you know, not strange enough. Oh, this is too mainstream, whatever it may be. 
Um, and so I had seen a very healthy dose being a, you know, a, a 70s kid and an 80s teen. I saw a lot of this stuff, you know, first run. Uh, but there's, and, and a lot of this stuff, you know, on a Friday night, figuring out what I wanted in the video store. And the one thing, the one title I wanted, they didn't have. So I finally went to that title that had great art and promised, you know, gore and nudity and profanity and, and untoward things. And I'm like, all right, it's time to finally get around to this. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that I just said, yeah, I turned my nose up at it, you know? So when I finally got to making the In Search of Darkness movies, I got to revisit some of these things that I totally bypassed the first time, sometimes just by the box art alone. Like so Brian Yusna's Society uh, is, is a good example of that because I always saw that box art and I just said, this looks like, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 something. I don't, you know, I'm just not interested. Um, and then I only found out later how twisted and surreal and odd and wonderful it is. Uh, and, and that's one of my favorites now. Um, and, and Chopping Mall is another one. Uh, you know, I always thought Chopping Mall, I'd seen enough, you know, zombie dismemberment movies where I was like, Chopping Mall, this just looks like, you know, shopping and, 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 and teens chopped up at the mall. I could pass on this. It's always been like on the back burner. And it wasn't until many years, actually it wasn't until In Search of Darkness, part one, and prepping for it because I knew I was gonna to talk to Kelly Maroney and Barbara Crampton that I finally said, all right, it's time to watch Chopping Mall. And I'm like, well, you know, Johnny Five robots meet, you know, meets the Terminator. There's no, you know, this is entirely different than what seems to be implied in the, you know, in the uh, artwork. So, there's several, there's several that uh, I, I enjoyed for the first time. There are several that I gave a, a very new look at, a, a more fair shake at because, you know, I turned up my nose at it at the time. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, don't, I don't want to name names to, uh, <laughs> to get anyone upset about that. But I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, discovering new stuff is very, very cool for me. Um, but a lot of it for me was really sort of validating, you know, this is a better movie than I remember it being, or it's not as good, but it really fits in this entire story of a decade. Amazing. You got to work with a lot of well-known uh, horror legends during uh, this project. Names like Robert England, Elena Quigley, Tom Savini. What was it like working with those uh, legends? And did they surprise you with the, like, the info that they gave you, the trivia about those old movies from the 80s? Oh yeah, I mean, I I've been I've been at this for a long time, so for me it's really great on two levels. You know, just even having them say yes is very cool, uh, and then you know sitting down with them, uh, I don't really you know I get a little butterfly nervous sometimes with certain people, but uh, I've, I've crossed paths with a number of these people in the past when I was either at Entertainment Tonight or working as the editor of Famous Monsters Filmland magazine. Um, and I've just interviewed a lot of folks. So for me, I was chomping at the bit that these people were coming to sit down for us for our film for easily an hour or more. Um, and, and once they realize that they can talk about anything that they want, um, there's no limit uh, to the tangents and rabbit holes we can go down. And they could talk about more than just the projects they've worked on, but they could just talk about their love of the genre. They really, really open up, you know? I mean, when I sat down with Robert England, um, 
I had met him before, but this, you know, we weren't able to get him until part two. And he told me, you know, I, I'm sorry I wasn't in part one if you tried to get me, but I'm happy to be in part two. Tom Savini said the same thing. He's, you know, and I tried to get Tom for the first one and we could just never get our, our, our schedules and stars to align. And it's kind of funny because he's just like, why wasn't I in the first one? I'm like, Tom, don't you remember we were trying to schedule something, but you were busy doing creep show and traveling and this, that, and the other thing. He's like, oh yeah, okay. Well, hey, I'm happy to be here now. Um, and the more time you have with these folks, the more you could talk about things. And the more you know about their projects, other than the big heavy hitters, the more they are like, oh yeah, that's right. I did do that. Oh yeah. Oh, you know about that? Oh, you've seen it? And you get these wonderful responses where they're just pleased to talk about their careers and what they've learned and their trajectories. And, you know, it's, it's, I'd look back at all of these interviews and they're just pleasant and fun and super cool. And my, and the biggest crime is when they tell this wonderfully spun long anecdote. And I think to myself, oh man, I can't fit this in. How, <laughs> right. how am I going to trim this down and keep the, keep the, the heart of what they're talking about in there and, and give a piece of that? when I know I can't, you know, give this seven minute to 10 minute story. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's complete dude. Right. Uh, something I really enjoy personally from this series is not only do you have these big horror legends, but you also have outside of the box uh, famous people who are known for other things outside of horror, like uh, James Rolfe, Chris Jericho, Corey Taylor. Uh, what are you looking for to find kind of people that are outside of the genre to give their perspective as of horror films? What's what's important is that they are fans through and through, and 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 at first it was really uh, uh, assembling people who were either part of this movement in the '80s, you know, in, the, in front or behind of the camera, uh, in the front of the camera or behind of the camera, or uh, who were just experts of, uh, in the field, you know, uh, journalists and you know so on. Uh, but when it came down to it you can really tap into other audiences if they have a really big audience um, who are tangentially into horror, but they also love the other stuff they do. You know, James Rolfe, you've got, you know, angry video game nerd, you know, Chris Jericho, you know, you've got the whole wrestling crowd, you know, Corey Taylor, you've got, you know, the Slipknot and Stone Sour crowds. Um, but fundamentally there's this, this very uh, robust crossover with horror fans who love that stuff. And if they are not necessarily dialed into what we're doing, uh, they could also introduce their audiences, excuse me, their audiences to what we're doing um, and have their passion, which is absolutely genuine for, you know, uh, their, their love for these films, you know, coming through. And it just, it's, it's also just really a, a welcome expansion of the types of people we talk to for this celebration of an era. Awesome. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about you, David. Uh, what are some of your favorite horror films and which ones uh, really kind of gave you an appreciation for the genre when you were growing up? Uh, I have been a monster kid ever since I was a kid. Um, I, I just, from the very beginnings, I don't even know how it started, but if they were on TV, I was watching, you know, the Universal Monsters. I was watching all, you know, all, all the greatest hits. You know, but I'd look at like Frankenstein and Dracula, which I love, but then I'd look at like Creature from the Black Lagoon and I'd say, well, that's clearly a monster and not a man in a makeup. You know, I would start, you know, taking a closer look, 
when I was a kid, just at the differences in terms of the design and the storytelling, you know, uh, but, you know, it didn't matter how, how big or small, because I was a huge Godzilla and Kaiju and, you know, Japanese, you know, uh, uh, Ultraman throwdown type of fan as well. But I grew up on that stuff and I really, really loved it. Um, and like I said, I was a 70s kid. So while I was just just swimming in, in, in the warmth of all these wonderful monster movies, and, you know, the you know, the mole people and, um, you know, Roger Corman stuff, you know, Lost Woman and, and, you know, the crawling eye and all the hammer stuff that would make its way to the TV. If it was on, I would watch it. Um, but. Then, because it was the 70s, I was exposed to all this, you know, publicity, even though I was too young to see a lot of this stuff for The Omen, The Exorcist, Jaws, the Amityville Horror, you know, and all this stuff would eventually make it to TV. And I don't know why I was allowed to, but I got to watch it. And it, 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 it warped my kitty mind in, in the best possible way possible. And it made me just obsessed with this stuff. Um, you know, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween really, really, really rocked my world because that introduced me to the whole slasher genre. And I realized that a monster could be just a guy with a knife and a mask. And that really changed things as well. And then American Werewolf in London was kind of like this convergence of, you know, the monster movies I love, but the sort of slasher realism that I was starting to get ingratiated into. Uh, you know, courtesy of John Landis and, and then howling and things like that. And so I was starting to pay attention to how do they do this? Ever since Star Wars, uh, my movie going changed from, wow, I've been entertained to how did they do it? And I want to find out how. So, you know, it kind of goes to that, you know, but I, I'm always discovering new movies that I wanted to get to. And I had my staple favorites, you know, Lined up tonight, I'm going to watch my one of my annual holiday favorites, which is uh, Village of the Damned. You know, that's next for me. I just love that movie. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen it, but I feel compelled to watch certain movies. And you mentioned Tom Savini, uh, his remake of uh, of um, Night, Night, Living Night of the Living Dead is absolutely superb. And uh, when it's October, I want to rewatch that. I'm compelled to and drawn to that. It's actually the movie that got me into horror is the remake of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I grew up in uh, Montreal and the only copy I, I could find was on TV at like midnight in French. So for the first like five years, I had a recording of the French version of it. You know, it wasn't until <laughs> later that I got to appreciate the actual uh, English version. I had that. That was one of the uh, uh, earlier VHSs that I owned, you know, versus rented. I'm like, I got to have that. This is a staple. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, so on our podcast, we're doing a top of the decade of the 1980s next summer. So I'd like to know as someone who you know, knows a lot about 80s horror, having gone through this process, uh, what films absolutely need to be on that list? Of the tops of the top of the eighties, top of the eighties, yeah, for a horror. How many? How many choices do I get? Yeah, we're we're doing a top ten. It's hard. We're having a hard time of it. So I figured if you could throw us a couple uh, titles out there that you think should be on that those lists. Yeah, it's a, it's very okay. I'm going to preface it with it will change every day with a with a different list uh, because there are so many, and uh, I'm one of those guys who when you say what's your favorite movie, I just I freeze like a deer in the headlights because there are too many. There are too many. So I have a hard time. I always feel like it's 
If I offer one up, then I'm neglecting a bunch of others. But that being said, I will just pop at the top of my head. Let's see. Uh, in no, do I put it in, in order? No, or no, you don't have to. You can just no specific order. And they've got to be 80s, huh? Yeah, they have to be 80s. All right, Reanimator, Evil Dead 2, Phantasm 2, The Shining, An American Werewolf in London. Um, that's five. Let's see, what else is coming to my brain? Um, the Hunger. Um, uh, they all swim through my head and then they're gone because you, like I should know, right? Because I know hundreds of them, but you know, then it's, tough. it's, it's a very difficult task. But I'm, but I'm determined to give you, I'm determined to give you 10. So I'm going to keep right. going. Um, uh, and I want to mention that ones that I haven't mentioned already in this. Um, the Changeling. Mm -hmm. Um John Carpenter's Christine, um, The Dead Zone, which is arguably horror or not. It's definitely creepy. Uh, and uh, let's throw in a Cronenberg. I guess The Fly. Awesome. I, yeah. You know, I want to say like everything from Dead Ringers to Scanners to, you know, to uh, some a lot of the 70s stuff, but I'm not allowed. So right, yeah, that was we, painful. I have to. I just have to declare that was fun but painful for me. Yeah, that's that's how we feel too. So we're going down since we started a podcast each decade. So we did the 2010s, 20, uh, 2000s, and 1990s this year. So 80s is going to be tough though. That's the that's the mother. Level, I mean, you know? I want to keep going now. Now that I think about <laughs> it, I mean, like that was a those are a little arguably for the horror fans. Those are a little more well known. But you know, mm -hmm. I mean, Return of the Living Dead, um, you know, Fright Night. Um, uh, evil speak. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just stop now. It, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> so you've now made, well, you will have made after this process, uh, three documentaries so you know, about horror. Have you thought of actually making your own horror film? Is that interest you at all? Or do you like kind of the documentary space? Uh? Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've worked... I, I went to film school in Ithaca in upstate New York and I, I graduated and pointed my car west, you know, Ithaca, New York, drove cross country and went to Los Angeles and worked on movie sets for four years with, with dreams of working on movies and making my own. Um, but the realities of working in Hollywood uh, are, you know, you come to realize no one's going to hand you a movie to make, so you got to create your own opportunity. So I started screenwriting. And I wrote a bunch of scripts and I got into development and uh, uh, did a lot of script coverage and, and, and I became a story analyst and I became much better with that. And so I cranked out a bunch of scripts, but I got by before any of those caught on, I got whole caught up with all the dot com boom and bust and online that all just sort of became available to me and took me on a, a path more towards online journalism and journalism. Um, and so now I'm making these documentary films and they're wonderful. And I think to myself, how cool would it be to make movies again? Because I am kind of making movies, but I'm just not, you know, calling rolling and cut on a set necessarily, you know, arguably if I am sitting in a chair, we say, are we rolling? Okay. But, um, I would love to do it. I would love to do it. Um, and I wouldn't say no if someone handed me something, but, uh, you know, in, in the current climate of the way things are, um, that's the reality of my situation. I'm very happy and I have a very full plate, 
Uh, Robin Block, if he has his way, uh, has generously said, I will keep giving you movies as long as you want to make movies for me. So, you know, how that twists my arm. That's just, uh, you know, a dream come true when I'm working with Robin Block at Creator VC. Um, but one of these days when I have a little more freedom with my family life and my, my COVID, you know, cautiousness, um, I'd love to get on a set and start making some, uh, you know, live action features uh, in the in the genre vein. You know, sci-fi, horror, or a hybrid of between of the of the two. Awesome. So, in the search of uh, darkness, part three. Where can people follow the project? Where can people follow you so that uh, we can see what goes on in your career and hopefully see a horror film from you one day? Uh, can you give <laughs> us like your socials or uh, where? Yeah. Wait. Do you want my social security number? Okay. <laughs> So yeah, you can, my socials are, uh, um, you, I'm, I'm the most interactive on uh, Twitter. So you can find me at Tiki Ambassador. And I have a genre site where it's a sort of pop culture brain droppings. It's called It Came From Blog. And uh, I have socials on for It Came From Blog. It's at It Came From Blog on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, so those are my socials, and if you ever want to interact with me, I'm pretty responsive on Twitter the most, um, but the other ones I am as well. Uh, as far as it, uh, in, in Search of Darkness, it's hard, it's hard to say In Search of Darkness after you say it came from blog a number of times. Uh, in Search of Darkness, you go to 80shorrorduck.com, 80s. Uh, and that's where you can find everything about what we're up to. Um, the current campaign, which is a crowdfunding campaign for In Search of Darkness 3, um, it's, it's essentially pre-ordering it, but you get in on the ground floor of being part of the process over the next year to help make this movie. So it's not a question of like you buy it and then you wait a year. Uh, you know, we're gonna intermittently be meeting with uh, all the backers, to uh, you know, share what we're up to, show pieces of the movie. Uh, like I said, you guys are choosing. So we're gonna get that whole process started where you guys suggest and then vote. And then uh, I start working on what you tell me to work on, which is super cool. So uh, you know, between now and Halloween, that's the time to do it. Um, check out 80shorrordoc.com and uh, my sci-fi movie, 80ssci-fi-doc.com. That's In Search of Tomorrow. And that's coming out in the spring. And uh, you can go there to follow it out, follow it, uh, you know, with all our socials. So all the socials are Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and they're all either 80s sci-fi doc or 80s horror doc. Thank you very much, David. It, it was an absolute <laughs> pleasure. I can't wait to see what you do with part three and uh, see what else you do in the rest of your career. So thank you very yeah. much for going on the show. All right. Well, excellent. Right. Well, Thanks a lot. Nice chatting with you and take care. Okay. Take care. Bye. Right, bye.